God damn. Fuck, we got a cable tangle, folks. Uh, we have, it, That really didn't need fixing at all, but I fucked with it. It's a classic tangle oh if ever there was one. Can you plug that fucking cable in, please? I've, I've, uh, I've, I've maybe made it work. <laughs> oh, God. I've unplugged more things. Jesus Christ. Here we go. Now, I can hear me, but I can't hear anything. Oscar's about to hear. <sighs> uh, he's got his hearing back. There we go. Great. <laughs> Folks, Jesus Christ. we hope you're enjoying this as much as we are, which is not much. Not at all. <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. <laughs> Those sounds are world weary. We're starting. Yeah. This might be the latest we've ever started on a school night. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not a school night for me. <sighs> must be nice. Must. Must be nice. Uh, <laughs> for those of you playing at home, I never work Fridays. Fridays, just don't. Just remember. Just don't work. Em. Oh, man. Wish I had the option, but I've sold my soul to the man. Yeah. Um, but it welcome feels bad. To, welcome back to our movie podcast. Every week, normally, we uh, watch a new release, uh, an old classic or if some sort of- watching the director's cut, there's literally just been 20 minutes of talking about turtles. <laughs> well, Not a joke. Not a lol so <laughs> random bit. We spent 20 minutes talking about turtles. Turtles. Back to the director's cut. <laughs> right. Um, of course, every week- we or normally every week we uh, watch every a <laughs> we watch a, we watch a new release an old classic or some oddball thing we find on Netflix and we'll give you our review of it and we round it up with a week in news and other things we've been up to this week though it's our special 2019 roundup it's not late shut up no it's not late uh, we're gonna go over all the yes, Oscars. It's still relevant. <laughs> they only just happened. We're gonna go over, over all the Oscars results that dropped like two and a half okay, weeks but what ago. What about the um? What yep. about the large award ceremony put on by the Academy? Going <laughs> to go over the Academy Awards. I've just put a, a strike through the number one, <laughs> and there's one through twenty written on the wall here. So, uh, oh god, yeah, you folks won't know what that means just yet, but uh, you'll learn. Just you wait, you'll learn. You'll be banging your head against that same wall in not, not three and a half hours' time. <laughs> yeah, Oscar banged his head against the wall, and that's what made me put the first strike <laughs> through it. So this, this week we're covering the Oscars, the Academy Awards ceremony that just happened. We'll round up all the results, tell you what we think is total bullshit this and what was, bullshit. what was earned. We've also gone to the trouble of devising a list of our own personal top 10 films that uh, were released in Australia in 2019. Yep. It's a very, very specific definition. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, because we have a few favorites where we're like, oh, that was my number one film that I watched last year, but it's because it got released in Australia in 2019, but yeah. everywhere else it was 2018. So there's some stuff that in, 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 the, in the Oscar ceremony that it was awarding 2018 films. Right. There's a couple of films that we didn't get until sort of January 2019. And so they, th- there's a few films on my list, I think, that I would have probably put in last year's list if I had had the chance to see them early enough. Yeah, and this is for the two people out there who are like, Wait a minute. That that came out of 2018. <laughs> that came out of 2018. That's, this is for you. This fucking beef station podcast has totally jumped the shark. Yeah, we know. We know. Uh, we know. And we've also... Or should we keep that as a special surprise? Our other uh, list. We'll, 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 round out, we'll round out the decade. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say there might be a, a list of, a list of Let's movies. Let's say we might... Uh, Ordered in terms of preference. List. <laughs> <laughs> Top, Top movies of the um, 
Decade. Decade. <laughs> we might do that later. Stay tuned. <laughs> we might do that later. Or or maybe I wasted two and a half hours of my night last night making a list for nothing. Let's, yep. let's find out, shall we? <laughs> I actually hope it's the second one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. Okay. <laughs> In the meantime, though, should we, should we kick off the party with a little roundup of the top grossing films of 2019? Yeah, it's always a good way to get started. Well, let's get that list open. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a good idea. Really? Oscar. (laughs) I do. Well, I also... (laughs) (laughs) I hope. Do you want domestic box office for 2019 (laughs) or worldwide? Oh, fuck. Worldwide. Please say domestic. (laughs) (laughs) Domestic. Domestic. No, I actually going. said domestic. No, 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 if you I go got back it, and listen it, back it, to it, I, I said it. domestic. I got it. All right. Okay. Domestic or worldwide? No, I got the worldwide one. It's fine. Fuck. I, just, I just needed a bit of time. I just needed to buy some time. Oh, man. Well, don't keep me hanging, brother. Give me that numero, whatever 10 is, <laughs> in whatever <laughs> language tenno. numero is. <laughs> Think Italian. For good shit. Um, wait, this is, I mean, last year we had a whole couple like weird. Chinese movies in that somewhere in the top 10 but this doesn't have that at all so okay. I don't know whether Box Office Mojo is biased towards the western world are you talking about a Bo Mojo Bo Bo Mojo Bo Mojo okay so um, here we are top 10 top grossing <laughs> movies worldwide top 10 top grossing top movies of top 2019 number 10 Jumanji The Next Level alright Coming in worldwide at $780 million. I thought you were going to say number 10. <laughs> <laughs> coming in worldwide number at... 10. Number Jumanji 10. Number 10. coming in at number 10. <laughs> what is this fucking... Number bi- 9. A bingo game. <laughs> yeah. Legs 11. Fast and the Furious. Hobbs and Shaw. Is that actually number 11 or is yeah. that number 9? Yeah, that's, oh, that's that was 11. Number, oh, so how many yeah. you got there? 11. <laughs> really? Well, the list goes as far down as... Uh oh, Jesus Christ! Like Five hundred, five hundred eighty-nine. Yeah, oh, yes, boy. We do. Yes, we do. What was the 69th highest grossing film this year? <laughs> Line Walker Two: Invisible Spy. Excuse me. <laughs> Line Walker Two: Invisible Spy, with ninety-nine, ninety-nine <laughs> million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Drive away. <laughs> I was like, 9,900,000? Is that a number? No, hold on. 9,900,000 is like... What is that? It's like $90 million. It's 9 million. No, 9,900,000 would be 99,100,000. No, that's 99 million. <laughs> is that what I just said? Ninety-nine hundred thousand. It's ninety-nine million and one hundred thousand, isn't it? <laughs> I actually don't know. <laughs> Coming in at number nine, Aladdin. A billion dollars. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. One billion. <laughs> 50 Wait, million. How many hundred thousands is that? Uh, hold on. One billion. 
five. Oh, hold on. How many hundred thousands is that? <laughs> One billion, fifty million, six hundred ninety-three thousand nine hundred and fifty-three. Who's counting that three? Who's like that three dollars? That's for Aladdin. Yeah, not as good I don't as know. I thought. No, I don't that's know. fine. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's a good question. Is, is it? it? Number eight is Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Good. So far, every single mo- I haven't seen Jumanji, but Aladdin. I imagine you know, I've seen Star Wars and it's dog shit. Aladdin, you imagine, is bad. I imagine Aladdin's bad. I imagine Jumanji is just fine. Imagine Aladdin. That's my favorite pop group. Fuck yeah! From the mid twenty teens. Twenty teens. Yeah. Uh, Joker. Oh. First movie on this list that I have seen that made a billion dollars and change. That change being $73 million. Did you just say you'd seen Star Wars? Yeah, I've seen Star Wars. It wasn't that the number? Yeah, it's the only movie I've seen. The first movie I've seen on this list other than Star Wars. Other than Star Wars that made a million dollars. Yeah, I forgot. Well, no, my, my, my Oscar. Aren't we getting mighty specific? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, shit. Toy Story has made more money. Oh, shit. Star Wars. Next one on the list is Toy Story 4 at number six. Okay. It has only made... Like $140,000 more than Joker. Damn. That's not much. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> $140,000. Yeah, but it's... That's a lot. I suppose so. Oscar, that's a lot of Sorry, money. Sorry, my mistake. That's a lot. <laughs> Next on the list, Captain Marvel, which has made $120 million more than Toy Story. Well, that's substantially more than 140,000. Going right up the list, can you think of any movies that we haven't mentioned that came out this year that are going to be 4, 3, uh, 2, and 1? guess. Fuck. Parasite's not on this list. What? Par- you think Parasite made $1.5 billion? Well, I don't know. It won the fucking Oscars. It might end up on this list after. It definitely did. Number four is Spider-Man Far From Home. Right. That came out this year? Yeah, dog. See, it's been a long year. I haven't seen any of them. Last year, you know what I mean. Uh, Frozen 2. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Made yep. one, and a, one and a half billion dollars. I wouldn't have guessed either of those. The Lion King. Oh. Made $1.6 billion. Oh. Number one. The oh. number one top grossing film of last year. So, The Lion King made $1.6 billion worldwide. This movie made $2.7 billion. Did Avengers Endgame come out this year? Yeah, it was Avengers Yeah, Endgame. Avengers Right, yeah. I knew it's, that was the top. It's almost up to... Oh, yeah, it certainly sounds like you knew it was the top. Avengers Endgame made $2.8 billion yeah. last year. I think that made, if I recall, fucking heaps in China. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise I me. I think it was extremely popular over there. Yeah, right. Over the pond. Which the other pond. <laughs> <laughs> over the, the pond that is the South China Sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! With a to- with a with a worldwide gross of six hundred and eighty-five dollars. Very. Good. Is this the bottom of this the list? Bottom of the list. Fuck yeah! A movie called The Portal, which is the six hundred and seventy-seventh top-grossing film worldwide of twenty nineteen. That's very good. The Portal made six hundred and eighty-five dollars. Wait, wait, wait. When was that Kevin Spacey one that made like a hundred and fifty? Oh, I guess no, this, I is, this has got to be total year earning box office. Yeah, it versus made like it made it was released in New Zealand. Right, it had an opening weekend of four hundred and sixteen dollars. It follows six people, brackets, and a robot <laughs> who transform their lives using stillness and mindfulness, providing inspiration as we embark onto the next phase of evolution. <laughs> Fucking. I just had like eight facial expressions during that description. God. What a lame movie. 
It's a documentary. Uh, it isn't. I think you find it is. <laughs> what the robot? A mindfulness robot. Okay, well this is this is a this is a story. For, we should buy this movie, fucking double their profits, and do it yeah. as another episode. But yeah. for the moment, those are the top grossing films of the year. Not as, an ex- not as exciting a list as the list we did last year, but you know, it's all yeah, right. it's all right. It's Marvel and Disney. It's um, it's Marvel, baby. All right, should we kick into uh, the news? Shall we? <laughs> we haven't done the music yet. That doesn't count as news. That's like a that's like a little warm up. We we should have done the news music earlier. The, the music. music. We should have done the music earlier. <laughs> we didn't. The music. <laughs> are we? Are we doing? Are we doing news or is this like a special? Oh, it's a special broadcast. Special news. I haven't had time to write. Oh, if you give me, give me. A f- <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> I asked you to compose the theme. <laughs> boo, doo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> That's God save the queen. Okay, I, I got one. I got one. Ready? Okay, yeah. I, got, I got a new. I got a brand new. This Very is a good. special, special people in broadcast. And I'm gonna have to improvise along. <laughs> no, it's, 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 a, variation. Want, it's a, a variation on a thing. Okay, right. No, we'll just do, just start as we normally do and watch me for the change, baby. Lead. That's it. That's it. All right, interesting. It's a bit different. Inspired by the, by the old theme, but beef ball. I don't know what you're talking about. It's completely, it's completely different. I'm not yeah, giving the old theme a writing I'd credit say it's for a shit. Reference to the old theme. <laughs> <laughs> good shit. Very good. Um, so this is a special special broadcast of beef bulletin this week, coming to you live two weeks in the future after the Academy Awards results were announced. Yep, coming to you live from the end of February. Here we are. I'm ready. When the Academy Awards <laughs> <laughs> happened, not eleven recently, days, not yeah. eleven days ago. Was it actually only eleven days? Yeah, but oh, this we're is, way less late than I thought. Yeah, it came out on the 9th of February. Um, following along at work as I have done for <laughs> for the last few years, and I just remember, you know, checking every now and then, be like, oh shit, oh Jesus, oh what? Mm. Um, where do you want to start? With the Oscars, I reckon. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Have you got the... i got all the results up here. The categories there. Okay, so we don't care about film editing. We don't care about... Uh, just, if there's one you don't care about, just read out who won. Okay, film editing was Ford vs. Ferrari. Yep. Visual effects. Uh, F, uh, just as a note, I think um, Parasite should have won film editing. Okay, right, well, really it, good it editing. It was nominated. It didn't win. Visual effects, uh, 1917 won up against Avengers... Irishman, Lion King, and Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. That's pretty nuts. I feel like there are two. There's almost like two worlds of. Vis- I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, oh, we should have two categories for visual effects. One for like visual effects that are trying to go as unnoticed as possible, and then visual effects that are trying to build a world that you don't really expect would be real, right? Like Star Wars or the Avengers versus like 1917, yeah. which is trying to cover up. It's well, like, are you trying to cover up things or are you trying to build things, right? And well, I guess they were doing both. But then I thought, no, because the real skill in getting that Oscar is having beaten out people who are trying to do completely different things, but having done better still. I, I'm still not even sure, because there's a difference between visual effects and special effects. Mm. I'm still not even sure whether, does this mean like, like what counts as a visual effect in the film? Like, is, is this like special effect that's not special. I don't even really know whether visual effects... I, th- I thought visual effects were only like 
um, digital shit. That's also what I thought. I suppose so, but then like I didn't, I didn't really even notice that 1917 had digital effects. But then all of the continuous saying, cuts, editing were special I effects. I suppose all oh, they were visual effects. Shit, like him jumping off the bridge I and how so. that cut was like between a normal shot and a drone shot. That's yeah, a, that's a that's a VFX. I suppose so. It seems like a boring visual effect. I think that the no, I don't know. I agree. I think it probably should have been Star Wars. That shit looked incredible. It was the only good thing about that movie. It did look pretty good. I mean, I, they I all about, look incredible. I thought about the Lion King being best ah, visual effects, but that's completely animated. Yeah. So it's almost like, well, I don't know if that even counts. Star like, Wars is almost completely animated, and it looks way better than the Lion King well, did, which looked well, lifeless, hollow, and shit. Neither of us saw the Lion King, but. It did look real. All the trailers, it, like all the blades of grass, nah. were animated. Every single blade of grass is a separate object that's moving in the wind differently. It's amazing. Like you might the not animation have heard, but about great. eight or nine seconds ago, I said, "Nah, nah. And okay, that's next. what I'm doing." Um, bombshell one for makeup, fine. Uh, Little <laughs> sure. Women one for costume design, yeah, um, cool. cool. I guess great. Sure. I, I watched an interview with Saoirse Ronan and Tim- Timothy Chalamet, who said that the costume design that worked on it was really good, and did all sorts of weird little color coordination things that you wouldn't even really notice, but. I'm glad they did it. I'm whatever. glad that Oscar exists because not you. I'm glad that award <laughs> exists <not> you. <laughs> because um, it feels like one of those areas where like a shitload of time and effort has to go into. Oh that. yeah, and if it, if it doesn't, the movie doesn't look as good. Yeah, so it's yeah. cool that it's cool that it gets recognized. Good I suppose. Yeah. Um, what can we skip over? We don't care about sound editing and sound mixing. What one? Uh, editing was Ford versus Ferrari. Yep. Sound mixing was 1917. Okay. Um, sure. Production design, once upon a time in Hollywood, yeah, yeah, cool. I reckon the the nineteen seventies sure. aesthetic they went there with it. It looked like it was fil- well, those they're amazing. They looked like they were filmed in the nineteen. The only other one that I can think of was like nineteen seventeen. Looked like it was filmed in World War One. Yeah, like, I suppose. So, but all you have to find is big green pit and just film in that. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just trenches. <laughs> it's just <laughs> trenches. It is. Yeah. Um. But cinematography. Yeah. Nominees were The Lighthouse. The, I didn't realize The Lighthouse was nominated for Best Cinematography. Mm. We just saw that the other day. We did. I don't know whether the cinematography was... I suppose it was good. I don't it know. was pretty good. It was very unique. It was unique. It was very um, unique. The Lighthouse, The Joker, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, <laughs> and 1917. The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> the 1917. <laughs> and The The Lighthouse. <laughs> the, the, the 1917. <laughs> it's my favorite uh, neo-punk band. Fuck you. I don't know what the 1975 are. Whatever they are, then yeah. it's funny. Yeah. They're, no, they're yeah, definitely right. neo-punk. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right uh, along. Cinematography, Roger, De- Roger Deakins won for 1917. Yeah, boy. I, how many, I, thought, I had in my head somewhere that he only just recently won an Oscar, but that can't be true. No, I think he's won for other shit. Yeah, right. Okay. He's definitely been nominated like 20 times, but I don't think this was his Leo moment. His... Um his his Lyman? Yeah, he he's been nominated for Academy Awards Best Cinematography since 1994 on the Shawshank Redemption, and he won for the first time on Blade Runner 2049. That's fucking right. So that he movie had, looked so good. <laughs> he had like 13 nominations before yeah. he won for his 14th yeah, nomination. That's that's Leo shit. That's so fucking crazy. Take whatever you want away from my boy, but he's consistent. <laughs> Hell it's yeah. about time but you can't take whatever you want away rewarded. from my man. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> Deacons. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> um, 1917 one. Best original song was I'm Gonna Love Me Again. 
for from Rocket Man by Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Now this is cool because it's the first award that they've ever gotten. Correct me if I'm wrong, expert Oscar, but it's the first award they've ever gotten as a co like a unit. You are wrong. That was the Golden Globe was the first time they ever won that. Oh, and we said that. This is the second time, time I okay, suppose. Well, stealing all of the thunder. This is cool because it's the second time. <laughs> yeah. Fuck um, off. Still cool though. Nah. It's, it's still cool. I think it's no, I think it's not. And I know it's not. You don't have to pander to me. <laughs> it's not cool. Oh, maybe so, it was in it. I don't know because I saw it. Because cool. he had the award when I saw him. So ah, so we're not sure. No, I am sure. I'm 100% ah, sure. Because well, I haven't seen Elton in the last two weeks. But part of me was like, maybe it was. You haven't, you haven't <laughs> talked to Elton in the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, that's a great song. But also, like, I don't think there were any other memorable songs from films this year. Like, the other ones nominated on that list are that Randy Newman song from Toy Story. And then some <laughs> song from a movie called Breakthrough. A song from Frozen 2. And a song from a movie called Harriet. But in my like, opinion, the best song this year should have been uh, The Night Window by... Whoever the guy was, oh Thomas Newman, that did um, uh, nineteen seventeen. I don't remember which song that was. I put it as the end song for the nineteen seventeen episode. Oh, I'll have to go back and listen to that yeah, episode. Give it a little again. Listen. <laughs> um, best original score was uh, the Joker score by Hildur. Yeah, whatever. Uh, good, good, good. No, no you, Grimm's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was a good score. I thought it was a great score for Joker. Wow. You increased your increment immediately after. I thought it was it. the best score <laughs> I've ever listened to. Um, no, I thought it was good. I remember all like the the the, the weird music playing when he's in the bathroom. And I all remember sort of the thing. soundtrack, but not the score at all. I don't know. I th- and she gave a really endearing speech. She gave a really nice, a really nice, cute speech that sort of let you look into her personality a bit. And she was like very overwhelmed. She was nominated up against fucking Randy Newman, John Williams. <laughs> Randy Newman, by the way. Fucking listen up. <laughs> this is a conspiracy. This that goes motherfucker. All the way to the fucking Randy top. Randy fucking Newman, who's the guy that wrote You Got a Friend in Me for Toy Story, yeah. the OG Toy Story, so you know this guy's work, <laughs> was due to perform in Canberra. Randy Newman doesn't have a friend in Canberra, that's Randy for sure. Randy fucking Newman cancelled due to sickness. Oh, Randy, I hope you're bedridden, I'm mate. Too sick. <laughs> this is Randy Newman live. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, Canberra. I, I, I can't be in ye. <laughs> I am too sick well, to come to Australia and perform. That's right. Miss, I'm too sick to come to Canberra. I have to stay home in bed. Guess well, where he's not too sick to perform? The Dolby Theatre <laughs> in Hollywood, Los Angeles. Fucking A. He was right up there. when he should have been in little old Canberra. Literally, the tour dates line up perfectly. Canberra was like his Australian tour was slap bang in the middle of when he was nominated for these award for the award ceremony, and he cancelled. And he performed at the award ceremony. Yeah, every single member, every single person that was nominated for a best song performed their song. And I don't year, care I if they like. Frankenstein, he was like on his deathbed and they like pumped him full of drugs <laughs> that they only have in Hollywood for pedophiles to get him up on that stage performing in front of people. Dude, you, no respect. No. No respect. Fuck that. Fuck Randy Newman. The guy's a rat fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I thought like, I, I was so proud of myself when I, I saw he announced the t- I saw he announced the tour. Yeah, you put it together early, man. And I looked man. over at the Academy Award nominations and thought, 
Tell you what, I'm going to look up when the Oscars award oh, ceremony yeah. is, and I am yeah. not going to be surprised. You were Charlie Day with the red string. <laughs> I, I was like, nah. <laughs> and it, you fucking called yeah. it. Yeah. And he looked like, I'll say it now, a million bucks. Yeah. Look like a million bucks. Stupid fuck didn't win either. He canceled a whole bunch <laughs> of dates they, for nothing. They have a Homer Simpson style makeup gun that they shoot at people that look <laughs> like Harvey Weinstein, and then they end up looking normal. <laughs> I would love to know how much money it cost him. To cancel all those tour dates to go to the awards ceremony. Well, probably more. I wanted to have cost him like a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, it probably did, and he probably got more than that in his fucking gift bag, which we'll cover in a little I while. I forgot about that. Oh, I'm yeah. excited to hear about that. All right, cool. There's, um, a, there's, there's the only actual news story this week. <laughs> <laughs> they just put in a thousand one hundred dollar bills. <laughs> yeah. I had to be like. A hundred, a thousand dollar bills? How many hundred thousands is that? <laughs> One hundred thousand dollar bill. One. Not a million dollar bill. hundred thousand. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right, what's next? Live action short was a movie called The Neighbor's Window. Uh, best animated short was a movie called Hair Love. Never saw it. Ooh. Uh, documentary hair. short subject, learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. Didn't see it. Best, <laughs> best documentary feature, American Factory. Missed that one. <laughs> I resent that I had to read out all four of those. I wish we could have just uh, skipped over. Is this still four. the title of the previous entry? or? Oh, yeah. This is all Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone. If you're a girl, best documentary feature in America. It's all, yeah, it's all part I of it. I resent having to read those. Yep. yep. Best original screenplay. Oh, Nominees boy. were Knives Out, Marriage Story, Parasite, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and those were it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I didn't remember see that last time. Who directed last <laughs> I don't remember what our picks were. I think our pick was maybe Once Upon Boy, a Time in Hollywood. If we fucked up anything on this episode, and believe these... me, it's more than one thing, it was not checking what our predictions were so that we can tally them up on the board. Oh, yeah, no. Um, Very I don't, annoyed I don't remember. Myself. I think that our prediction. I think I, I think I predicted Marriage Story and you predicted Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sure, fuck it. Are you making a prediction that that's what our predictions were? I wouldn't have. Pre- I wouldn't have predicted it. Be- Let's reverse engineer our predictions. That's more annoying. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Yeah, predict- you're right. That is more annoying. I wouldn't have predicted the parasite was to win. No, I wouldn't have we predicted both, that. I knives think we out. both were like, nah. Yeah, there's a lot of. So we uploaded that episode that we had our Oscars predictions in it. Yeah, fucking after the Oscar ceremony. Great. So already we look like idiots, man. There are so many times in that episode when I was going back through the edit when we're like. Parasite for best picture. Yeah, nah, that'll In, never win. Mark my words, never, <laughs> never. And th- that Twitter. So we're spoiling the uh, winners, but obviously, yeah, obviously everyone knows. Um, <laughs> the Twitter. This, remember that Twitter leak we were talking about, where the Oscars made an app that you could generate a little picture that had all your Oscars yep. uh, predictions in it. Yeah, and, and then we talked about whether or not you could, you could take that to sports bet because they pulled it down. Yeah. Um, and they pulled it down because they were like, oh, <laughs> uh, it was just a- <laughs> like the Oscars tweeted the Oscars predictions. We thought, like, wouldn't it be funny yeah. if that so was who's, what actually whose won? Whose predictions are these? So on that little image, it said Parasite wins best picture and best international picture. Yeah. And that happened, obviously. And we were like, that'll never happen. Yeah. That's like, crazy. This is clearly not real because it predicts Parasite <laughs> winning it four of the most important Obviously <laughs> fiction. Right, so best original screenplay was Parasite, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard to... Ju- I I, I, we saw the movie like six months ago. I don't even really remember it that Dude, well. Dude, I only watched it once and I yeah. need to go back and watch it again. Yeah, I'd be curious to see it again. 
also, I that's a good time to see it in the cinema if you want to. I found an article. Yeah, no, I actually have been thinking about going and seeing it again. Um, I found an article that was basically at the time I I, I remember was talking to a uh, previous guest on the previous episode, I believe, Pat, um, who was quite critical of the film because of the way that it handled uh, class warfare and class consciousness, I guess, in that it it kind of like both sides did, and it made it very. Um, it did a did it did quite a ham fisted job if you're trying to read it as a Marxist, which like I probably also was at the time. And then if you go back and just look at it from the lens of like what maybe it was actually trying to achieve, what I think it was saying it was it was uh, criticizing the unattainability of like the the phenomenon of making it, you know, like be getting getting there, being rich, yeah. you know, like making it big. It was saying like it's impossible to do that. You can't do that and be ethical or moral or not fuck people over. In order to do that, you have to have done that. And so, like, the people that do that have their reasons for doing it, but the people that try to do that soon have the veil pulled from their eyes and see that it's not really possible. It's like this fiction that is spun for people to try and attain to in order to, like, keep them keep them trying, basically. Yeah, I suppose And it's so. an interesting narrative when you look at it from that perspective. So I feel like I need to, like, take my... Take my little sorry to bother you glasses off, and uh, and put my my normal glasses on, but which also is no glasses because I don't wear glasses, and then watch <laughs> Parasite again. Also, I think it's a pretty fucking pretentious take to watch a movie that's trying to say something and be like, that doesn't say it perfectly, so it's terrible. Well, it's not even trying to. It's not even that it doesn't say it perfectly. It's not trying to say that. Yeah. And like, I think there is a criticism to be leveled at it of like, well, you didn't go far enough, but. Um, to Again, say it, that it then yeah. to say that it then did a bad job of what it was trying to say is not fair. Yeah. So um, yeah, I need to just like I'm not sure how much I talked about that on the episode. I've just done a bunch of reading since then. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm kind of yeah. I'm glad that it won. I agree. I need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I suppose my thoughts on Parasite. We can. I suppose we're going to talk about it a bit later as well. Nah. As the as, as it, it comes up another three fucking times. <laughs> is that it? Kind of remind. I, I thought I've got out of it like a, a commentary on humanity in general. Um, for similar reasons to what you were just saying, in that like I feel like the rich are kind of often idealized in society, and then the poor are kind of seen as this underdog. And the movie was kind of like, yeah, but at the surface, everyone's in it for themselves and everyone needs, everyone's a piece of shit sometimes in a way that was kind of humanizing for both capitalism. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's but a big like, bracket. It's not the human condition because it would be a different movie if it was saying something like well, that. Well, yeah, human, humans in society or whatever. But like, it, under it, capitalism. Say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> say it. <laughs> it's like speed. If I say capitalism, my fucking head explodes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind of what I got. It, it's a making kind broader of comments, right? If it was like a Marxist perspective, it would need to reflect that. Um, it would need to do a lot more digging into like the journey of the poor people and like how, um, h- how they had become who they were and how the rich people had become who they were and the in- the inherent unethical distribution of wealth. But, but also, it wasn't. It wasn't trying to do any. But of also, that. I think it's weird to like try and label try and label the school of thought from which his point comes, and then be like, "Well, if you're trying to represent this school of thought, it's dumb." It's like, well, well, yeah. Then no, just accept that his is this unique position he's in, and try and understand 
the try and try and understand the point of view he's presenting, and if right. you can put it under your fucking Marxist hat, then great. But if you can't, then that's obviously not what he's going for. I don't know. That seems to be such an insane yeah. way to look at a movie to be like, oh, well, it's not a perfect representation of Marxism. It's like, well, then that isn't wasn't wasn't what he was fucking going for, is it? Right, and uh, I guess the only, as I said, the only argument to be made there is like, well, all films that are about class consciousness, if they're really angling for the right thing, should be a Marxist reading. But you can't really say that and still. No, you can't enjoy anything. So. No, you can't. And I, yeah. to some degree, it sounds pretentious to me to be like, I found the one perfect philosophy, and everything needs to be represented of this to be most to be most perfect. It's yeah. like, well, I don't know. I hate to tell you, but he was right. It's just that not all films need to be fully informed Marxist texts. Yeah. Speaking of fully informed Marxist texts, best supporting actor, <laughs> my diary. Oh no, sorry. Best adapted screenplay was Jojo Rabbit. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So that was selected from Little Women, Two Popes, Joker, Irishman, and Jojo Rabbit. Neither of us had seen Two Popes or Irishman. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize Irishman was an adapted screenplay. We talked about this at the time. It's yeah. based on the autobiography of the gangster. It's based on some order. shit. Yeah, it's based on some real bangs- right. uh, gangster. Bangster. This man said bangster. The Joker is just like based on the characters. Yeah, I think and that also sucks in this category. I think it should have been original screenplay. Whatever. Oh, it's not, though. I mean, I... Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I guess. I guess. There's yeah. an argument either way. But it's not like a direct adaptation of, like... It's not like Caging Skies. Like, it wasn't... Uh, someone someone read a text and thought, oh, I'm going to make this into a movie. So, I don't know. I suppose it's, it's a, a bit of an, It's a bit of it's black a sheep. It's a spin-off you know? movie. Yeah, it's yeah. got characters from other shit in it, but it's not an adaptation of another text. It's an adaptation of a shitload of other things that are borderline, like, inconsolidatable. Needless so. to say, it's an adaptation, and here it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I don't, I don't really remember what I would have... I, I think I liked Little Women enough that I would have s- selected that, but maybe no one's giving an award out to the fifth fucking adaptation of Little Women. I don't know. Yeah. I liked that movie. I thought it was clever. It was great. I thought it was really well acted. Maybe the screenplay wasn't Greta great. Greta Gerwig did know. a fucking great... No, it was a great screenplay. Really good screenplay. Greta Gerwig did a great job of adapting that. I think that would have... I would have been very comfortable with that one. And I don't know. I mean, the Jason Rabbit was was good and it was funny, but maybe I have a hard time judging what, the, what, what makes a good screenplay. Yeah, I mean, it just... It had a great narrative arc. It had really good writing. It was so funny. Um, it was a good story. It was a good way of approaching that subject matter. I suppose um, so. Little Women was also all of those things. I guess it was a little closer to its source material, but, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't know. Jumping it's hard dip- to say. I suppose so. I suppose it is hard to say. It I is. Don't know. I'm fine with that winning. Now, you can't argue with this. It's hard to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's hard to say. It's hard. Uh, it's, it's hard. Oscar. It's hard to say. <laughs> um, jumping to Best Supporting Actress, because I've just noticed that one of the nominees is fucking Kathy Bates. Who? Kathy Bates is nominated for an Oscar. She's the um, uh, fat lady in Titanic. I haven't seen it. Titanic? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. It's great. Titanic's good. Yeah, I think every time... To- we, we should do a montage of <laughs> you saying, in uh, Titanic, and me being like, I haven't seen it. <laughs> You'd be like... Fuck, dude. <laughs> Fuck, dude. It's good. And maybe like, yeah. <laughs> well, at least you're saying the Big Lebowski. That's right. Yep. 
At least she's in Blues Brothers. That's right. <laughs> well, at least you've seen the Big Lebowski. <laughs> That's right, Oscar. I've done seen the Big Lebowski. <laughs> you just... Uh, all right, all right, all right. You just keep watching that Coen Brothers film. <laughs> Laura Dern won for Best Supporting Actress for Marriage Story. Yeah, we talked about this. She's got like eight minutes of screen time, but the more that I think about it, the more that she did do a really good job. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I think don't know. It's more like a fucking... I don't know. I don't, I don't think she was in it enough to really... I don't know. It was a really it was a hammy performance in a movie that was otherwise not very hammy. Like I the, just think both I don't. lawyers were quite hammy. Yeah, I thought Laura Dern seems really nice, and I don't think I really like her acting. Uh, I'll say yeah, it. I don't know. I just don't think so. I've never okay, seen yeah. her. I've never seen her in a role where you I've been like, "Fuck, Laura, Laura Dern. Dern was so good." Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and I feel like she brought a lot of her personality well, to that, which is. Trivializing the work that yeah. she put in, well, I'm sure that she did an amazing job. The only other options for movies we have seen were Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit and Florence Pugh for Little Women, and I think both of those are better picks. I think Scarlett Johansson was fucking great yeah. in Jojo Rabbit, and I think Florence Pugh is quite good in Little Women. I've said the same thing about Scarlett Johansson that I always kind of see her as Scarlett Johansson. She's very like restrained and pared back. Well, I feel like but she's she one did of a pretty good job. She did, and also. Um, Florence Pugh is great. I so, like, I don't know. Yeah. What do you kind think of agree. The problem with big actresses that are really famous, like Laura Dern, obviously since Jurassic Park, she's like kind of iconic. And Scarlett Johansson, who I think is one of the top paid actresses, one of the most famous people on the planet. Yeah. It's kind of hard to see her as, like, it'd be like if Tom Cruise was in Jojo Rabbit, almost. I think it I forgot s- Scarlett Johansson was Scarlett Johansson more than I forgot Laura Dern was Laura Dern. And maybe yeah. that was because she was allowed to, like, put ash on her face and like <laughs> dance around and be dressed in like 1940s German gear whereas Laura Dern was just a lawyer in modern day yeah but I think she did a better job of creating a character that she embodied I suppose there's something about the fact that the movie was a little yeah. self-aware like they were all putting on these weird German accents for yeah. intentionally shit made it a bit strange it's like that Scarlett Johansson doing this hammy German accent <laughs> I don't know I thought I thought this is my first pick on this list where I thought oh I'm not really happy with that right I wouldn't have voted for who like, would you pick I would probably would have picked out of those two probably Scarlett Johansson or Florence Pugh. Let's say Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah, she was she was incredible. She's really good. Uh, best supporting actor, Brad Pitt for What's Putting on in Hollywood. Yeah. Tom, Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Anthony Hopkins for Two Popes, and then two dudes in The Irishman: Al Pacino <laughs> and Joe Pesci. Nice. Um, I haven't seen The Irishman. Haven't seen Two Popes. So again, it's down to Tom Hanks or Brad Pitt. The only movie I've seen see is him. Brad Pitt. Yeah, I didn't see the other one. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But Boy, was he good in that. In Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of just Brad Pitt, though, wasn't he? Like, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I totally bought his character. I think, again, he did such a good job of, like, creating a character. The the character of the stuntman, like, he really embodied that guy. He was quite good. I like that caravan scene. That was good. I liked the action scene at the end. It was end. all so good. I got to yeah. go back and watch it, because I really didn't Can like I it that much at the time. help you? It that was really of, good. Yeah, it kind of fell flat at the time nah, for me. I, I got to go because I think in my head I love it, but I've only seen it that one time. And when I came out of it that one time, I didn't like it. So yeah. I got to go back and watch it with the mentality I have now and see if my mates ever gaslit me into liking <laughs> like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's good. Oh, I guess it's good. Yeah, that's kind of where I, that's literally where I'm at at the moment. It's kind of <laughs> strange, um, mate. It's good. I guess it's good. <laughs> Best actress out of the movie. So we haven't seen Harriet. Yeah. Or Bombshell or Judy. But Cynthia Erivo was nominated for Harriet. Uh, Charlie Theron was nominated for Bombshell. Sorry, what? And Renee. 
Charlie Theron. Charlie's Charlie's Charon was nominated for Bombshell. Renee Zellweger was nominated for Judy. Out of the ones we've seen, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage, Scor- Marriage Story and yep. Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Fuck, Scarlett Johansson nominated twice. That's good yeah, shit. Yeah, Best Supporting and Best Actress in the same year. That's pretty good. That's kind of cool. I wonder if how many times that's happened. Not going to look that up. Uh, Renee Zellweger won for Judy. Apparently, my, my folks saw that and said it was fine. But sure. I don't know. Uh, out I'd of give the it picks, to ScarJo, I reckon. Saoirse, man. She was so good. Oh, yeah, true. Saoirse Ronan yeah. in Little Women. Yep. was fucking phenomenal. If and that I means had to, you can still give it to ScarJo for Best Supporting Actress. If I, but if I did a, like a pairwise thing where I was like, oh, which of these two would have to win? I just, in my bones, I would have picked Scarlett Johansson over... For Marriage Saoirse Story. Ronan's she was very good at Marriage Story. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I... Yeah. I w- she was more believable in Marriage Story, actually. I sort of... I think you're right. I sort of forgot that it was ScarJo in Marriage Story. Yeah. It was so... It was so Against type yeah, for her, I feel. I am right. <laughs> don't you mean? Don't, don't you think? Don't, it yeah. felt like it wasn't really a very Scarjo performance, or it wasn't a very Scarjo character. Yeah, I felt like I wasn't watching a character. I felt like I was watching someone go through that. But which it didn't I really think l- is she didn't really look like her. Maybe it was literally yeah. just the haircut. I saw someone <laughs> on Twitter like, being like, "I can't believe they gave her that haircut. She looks so much better with other haircuts." I'm like, "Fucking yeah, that's the point." <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I also like can't it, believe they gave her that costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Walking Phoenix looks so fucking like clown makeup on. Why'd they put those well, dorky no. ass <laughs> clown shoes on him? I don't I don't think she looks dorky or fucked with the haircut. I think that's a weird comment. I think to it's make. not the best haircut, but she's meant to be like yeah, I guess a mum that's like kinda settled down. Yeah. Yeah. Um is she it a was mom? Did they have a kid at the beginning of the movie? In marriage story. Of course they do. Yeah, right. She's like she's Are you an idiot? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my problem. Um Best actor. <laughs> best actor. <laughs> Okay, so with this two popes thing, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is one of the popes. Now, that's one pope. Jonathan Price is nominated for Best Actor as Cardinal Jorge Mario Bergoglio. So where's the second pope? Famously, a cardinal? Not a, Not pope. a pope. So there's no two popes. My complaint was going to be if Jonathan Price is the pope and Anthony Hopkins is the other pope, <laughs> why is one pope main and the other pope support? But the guy who's the main actor that's nominated for best actor isn't even a pope. My favourite sitcom of the year, one and a half popes. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, Jonathan Price and two popes. <laughs> Adam Driver in Marriage Story. Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Antonio Banderas in Pain and Glory, which is a Spanish film. Yeah. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix as Joker in Joker. And... The boy JP, he's done it again. He's done it again. That was a good win. Yeah. That was definitely deserved. Yeah, that was one where it was like, oh, okay, I thought that was going to win, I think. Yeah. No, yeah. De- we, I think we definitely both picked that. He absolutely deserved that. He is an incredible actor, and he's different in pretty well every role he does, other than Joker and You Were Never Really Here, which are essentially yeah. the same guy. You know, when he <laughs> was, you know that scene where he was... Um, uh, pulling the faces in the mirror, he's like yeah. pulling his lips down and like pulling his lips up and stuff. Yeah. I watched this interview with the director where he was like, "Yeah, he wasn't meant to do that. He just uh, sorry." And a tear rolls down his cheek. Like, didn't plan that at all. He just got so into it that he fucking cried. He's and, so. Good. And we just kept that take. I watched. I watched. And I was I- like, "What the fuck?" 
Like, <laughs> imagine that. Imagine you're the director sitting there, and he's just meant to be doing this thing, and then a fucking tear rolls down his cheek. You're like, well, I guess we got it. <laughs> well, can you do that again? But can you can you right. do the other eye? Like, well, we can't not do that now. So, <laughs> so <laughs> just be like, sorry. Well, can you um. You got something on your face there. If you just wipe yeah. that away, we'll do the take again. So you know, yeah. To 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 hark back and maybe defend someone for being a shithead. You know when people were getting angry at Joaquin for like, because like sometimes he'll just walk off a set and like someone will be like, "Was that my fault?" It's like, no, cunt. The man has to figure out when yeah. to cry yeah. and then make himself be able to do that. Sometimes you gotta act weird yeah. to be able to do well, that. Like I, that's I, I, him doing <laughs> his job. I listened to a podcast where they were defending. Uh, Christian Bale yeah, to fly off about the handle of that lighting guy. We brought that up. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, don't yell at people at work, but also like the lighting guy gets eleven hours to set his shit up. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. Uh, Christian Bale, they have to be like, all right, cry. No, sorry, stop. Uh, yep, cry and stop. Sorry, uh, and yep, action, cry and uh, stop. And like you've got to like be it's on. A little, at it's a, a little like notice. asking a wild animal to behave in a certain way. It's like, well, look. You, you're asking them to be one thing and then you're immediately asking them to be something else. And I feel like sometimes they're going to bite and it's like, it's not really its fault, is it? You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. In this it's scenario, just... the actor isn't literally biting a member of <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, if Walking bit Phoenix... a grip. If Walking <laughs> Phoenix bit someone, I don't want to be on record of media was defending Fuck yeah. Sometimes Walking Phoenix is just going to bite someone. Yeah. That's just Look, what it is. Did you wear your gauntlets? If you didn't wear your gauntlets, <laughs> it's on you. You need cut five gloves to deal with Walking <laughs> Phoenix. That's a joke that one person will get, <laughs> not even me. <laughs> um... Best, uh, that was best actor. Good best on actor. him. Well done, mate. Best director. So proud of you. Tarantino. <laughs> also, yes, he gave a weird speech about like, look, I'm with him. I'm vegetarian. Yeah. Probably going to be vegan fairly soon. But he was like, we got to stop the milk. <laughs> it was just a little bit of a weird one. Did you hear it? No, I, I forgot oh, to watch God. Yeah, he actually was like, it was like, I liked, it, he basically went from like, Thanks, everybody, to like two sentences later, he was like, so anyway, we get the milk out of the tits and we put it in our coffee and we don't really think about how the cow feels. <laughs> it's like, Joaquin, this is a little weird for a three-minute speech. You're going crazy? Yeah. Like, I agree with him, but it's the... I'm normally like... I don't care if people get up and do political speeches. It's just become so normal that it's like... What is this person's political yeah. moment going to be about? What's that person's political moment going to be about? Yeah. And if you've got a good point, I don't really mind you standing up there and saying it. But, like, bro, you're weird. You're being <laughs> weird. <laughs> you're weird. <laughs> you're being really weird. You're making vegans all look weird. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> Just stop being weird. You bit that guy. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. anything, you bit you're a vegan. grip. Now you're talking about milk to a four million people? Joaquin! <laughs> <laughs> You're Joaquining me here. Bitter Grip is very good, I will say. Bitter Grip is good. Uh, best director, Bong Joon-ho was nominated for Parasite. He won up against Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, and Tarantino for Hollywood. Um, I don't know. I think that's a good pick. Yeah. I think that... I haven't I seen The Irishman. I Greta Gerwig. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Greta Gerwig should have been on this list. Uh, Sam Mendes no, she should at least have been nominated Sam uh, Mendes for 1917 sure Joker Todd Phillips sure. I suppose they're all great picks yeah Tarantino for once put a time in Hollywood um, yeah there's they're sort of all 
equally good, I reckon. It's just missing Greta Gerwig. She was, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I had to drop someone, I'd maybe even drop Sam Mendes. Yeah, I reckon so, actually, because I think that movie was more about. Um, well, it might have been a collaboration. It was more about Deacon's. And, I think yeah. it was more about Deacon's cinematography because Deacon's could have made it look like that regardless of the script. It yeah. just kind of worked in concept, and he was a man to do it. But yeah, I suppose, I don't know. I suppose in stuff like that, they probably work very closely in collaboration. Well, where they it's do like a group effort kind of. And thing. usually, Deacon's asked to be on really, really early in the process so that he can kind of because yeah, he's talked about like hating this idea of like getting on set and being like. Well, I was going to do a pan here because that's the right thing to do, but there's a fucking wall there, so I just yeah can't. right. <laughs> so he's on for all the set design and shit. So he's like almost in the in the role of a co-director, I guess. Yeah right. Um, so Bong Joon Ho won for best Bong director. Bong Joon Ho best director. Congrats. We all, we accidentally skipped over best international film, which I can't find on this fucking list. Bong Joon Ho won for Parasite. He did. It's straight up them, not on this list. The rest man. of them we haven't seen. It's not on this list. <laughs> that sucks. But also we don't know any of them. <laughs> it's not on the Wikipedia article. We don't know any of them. Also, I th- oh no, here it is. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say I think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, yeah, we didn't know any of them in Parasite One. Yeah, um, but that was the huge upset. Is the Parasite One for best international. best international? And he thought he was done. And then he won for like best screenplay. And then he won for best director. And yeah. then he won fucking best picture. Yeah. Some Korean dude. They're like, Bong, get back on up here, mate. <laughs> did you watch? I watched several of his speeches, and every single speech, he kept talking about how, like, all right, now I'm done. I'm going to go get drunk. And he just yeah, kept yeah, 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 yeah. Stage, He kept talking about how he was going to go now get wasted. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> he's like, my job's done, buddy. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, God. There's so many cute photos of him backstage, like making looking his Oscars at, kiss. Make, oh, no, not even backstage, on stage. Yeah. yeah. He was holding two Oscars in, like, the little press thing out the back, making his Oscars kiss. <laughs> so, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and um, uh, on stage, there was a moment where someone else involved with the film was giving a speech, and he was just, like, staring at his Oscar and giggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, it's cool. I, I just imagine it was his uh, little boy from Korea making movies, who's now on four fucking Oscars. Yeah. In I think it's more. I think it was like five. Maybe it was just <laughs> those four. It was four. Okay. <laughs> well, he okay. He got four wins, but he got nominated for a shitload. It was like nine or some shit. Yeah, something insane. Anyway, um, all right, you were right. Fine. Oh, you know what? You know what? Sorry, how many was it? <laughs> what was the fifth? <laughs> No, we're good. It was four. No, okay. well, yeah, we're good. I thought I thought for a moment he might have won for production design or something, but that was that that's was what I thought the other person giving the speech was. Anyway, yeah, yeah no. sure. Um, he won for best picture. Yep. The other picks for best picture, I think that we were going to go with were Joker or nineteen. I thought I, I think I thought it was going to be nineteen seventeen, but I just remember thinking there was no world. It was Parasite. Yeah, we said that. No, we said that. World. Let me tell you right now. A lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, no, they're too normy to pick. I that th- was our 2017, 2016 election. I like, mean, I know it's like, I, I know it's like, it's uh, only let indiv- me be clear. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's no way Parasite <laughs> yeah. wins this one. Exactly. So th- there were no, I know there's like, I don't think there's much group think because mm. it's all individuals nominating. But I suppose on the whole, I, I heard some podcasts where they were saying maybe this is like a huge like overcorrection for fucking green book winning last year oh yeah <laughs> what an um, embarrassment i don't know i think maybe this this just like somehow took over the world this this year this parasite movie like, which just further beggars the question why this one it's weird isn't it why this one it's a good movie though why I suppose, this one I suppose oh, it's, a whole, great movie. it's great why this one <laughs> why this great movie 
I suppose, like, the best picture's never a very arty film that wins. And this yeah. isn't necessarily the most arty Korean... I'm only comparing it to Burning, because Burning this year as well. Fuck like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Burning's best picture material, if only because it's a bit too... A bit too arty. Yes. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. I, You're right. I it it is over the heads of most people, yeah. <laughs> um... I don't know whether that was my favorite film this year. Out of the out of the movies on this list, my favorites were probably Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know what I really liked about Burning? It uh, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to the shit that you just said later. Which um, whatever. What I really liked about sorry, yes, talk about Burning. Oh, I meant Parasite. What I really liked about Jesus, Parasite. You said Burning. That, I thought for yeah, a moment yeah, you would. Sorry, that wasn't a bit. What I what I liked about Parasite is that for half the film you think it's one type of movie. And then the basement shit happens and you're like, oh, oh. Yeah, you think it's like a silly oh, black fuck. comedy and then yeah. there's this whole other left turn it takes off. With and the, like, sh- the genre of the movie changes. One of the biggest left turns I've ever experienced. And then the genre of the movie changes like two more times. Not that... I might even bleep that. Genre I, I, I imagine lots of people haven't seen. Parasite. I don't think there's any spoilers there, but it just yeah. it takes like three massive turns over yeah. the course of the film. They're not twists; they're like turns where it's, yeah, it's, it's like the just, story goes in a direction you weren't really expecting. Right, and yeah. it it fits. It's not like it's just all of a sudden being like incongruous with its previous self. Yeah. It just is such a wild swing. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's really cool to watch. So I think that was quite. Uh, masterful and also like just based on some other shit that I've heard um, I'm, I, I, I slept on some things about that movie that I feel like I need to go back and revisit <laughs> what were your picks sorry uh, no my, my picks were li- I said Little Women yep. and uh, Jojo Rabbit and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood but right. maybe Hollywood can fuck off because again I haven't seen it since I um, gaslit myself into liking it so there's that what do you, what do you reckon uh, what would you have picked I liked it a lot but are we going to do our numero Top 10s of 2019? I suppose so, then, yeah. Um, just quickly, we literally don't have time to do another another list of all the shit for award ceremonies, but the Independent Spirit Awards happened the day before the Oscars. Adam Sandler gave a very funny speech where he, he won for Best Actor and Fuck said yeah. that everyone, that rules. everyone else, he won for Best Actor for Uncut Gems, which was such a fun movie, and he said, like, and all the rest of you guys that lost are forever going to be remembered as the guys who lost to Adam fucking Sandler. <laughs> yeah. nice, nice self-aware speech. Yeah. It was fun. Um, but didn't he, he also made the joke about, like, if Uncut Gems doesn't win at the Oscars, he's going to make shit Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty good. Um, Willem Dafoe won for The Lighthouse for his supporting role. Um, Interesting, I guess, I guess a supporting role, but, like... I would have thought there's two main roles. Man, yeah, there's two weird, main roles, it? yeah. Um, <laughs> be, uh, the Farewell, that Chinese-American movie you oh, saw, yeah. won for Best Picture and for Best Supporting Female. Yeah. Uh, they won, won a few, actually. I was doing what you were doing with the Oscars with the Spirit Awards, where I was, like, refreshing everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. Screenplay, Marriage Story won, which yep. is nice. Yep. Um, we're not going to go through all of them, but there, there were several several double ups here. The, Saf- the Safety brothers won for best director. Did you see yeah. their speech? And they gave yeah. they gave two separate speeches at the same time. <laughs> yeah, where they both just talked over the top of each other which, the entire time. Which is it ruled the exact kind of chaotic That's energy the most that you Safdie get from brothers film yeah. shit ever. Yeah. Oh man, good yeah. shit. So that was. I wonder if they practiced it at all. <laughs> or if they were just like, okay, wait, let's the, each write a speech and just don't talk to each other at all until that. If they sat there and they were like, I wrote a speech. Did you write a speech? Yeah, I wrote a speech. 
Do you just both do it? Like, yeah, all right. Well, the most exciting thing about this, I think, and it's something I sort of tried to dip into last year, was going through and finding some of these movies that I've never heard of and watching those. Yeah. Because uh, I think I'm, I'm a lot more excited about finding some of these to watch than From I am about watching Awards. fucking yeah. Two Popes or whatever. I don't know. Oh, you mean you're not excited for uh, <clears throat> Ford versus Ferrari? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even really... Just the worst... Yeah, Title for a film. Apparently, yeah. it does have great editing. I'm gonna My watch dad it. said he lo- it was a good movie, but the racing scenes were boring. <laughs> and like, if you were gonna make one scene, like Rocky's a pretty good movie, but the, the fight scenes <laughs> yeah. real slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, man, the racing scenes would be what I think That's is so the, funny. The God damn, <laughs> so stupid. I can see how they'd fuck it up though. Like, if you oh, yeah. if you either know who won, um, and it's just about getting there, or if you if they just made it like a lot of like, I mean, look, I've been to a Formula One race. It's fifty laps. The first lap, pretty good. The second lap, well, you're already starting to realize what you're in for. Oh no, this the is five thirty-eighth lap is <laughs> not fun for anyone. You just watch there. The, you watch it go past for like a second, yeah. then you're done, right? Yeah, right. right. And we had the corner before the straight, so we were even like, oh, fucking look at that! Like <laughs> where it would like zip down. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Sorry, that was the zip noise. Yeah, that's a Formula One car zipping at 300 <laughs> k's an hour. <laughs> um, still boring. So, right. I don't know. I, if Ford versus Ferrari had any actual race energy to it, I can understand how the racing scenes would be really boring. <laughs> oh, they, they show all 50 laps in real time. Uh, that would take much longer than the running time of a film. Fuck, if there's one thing that's more boring than watching a race, it's listening to two dudes explain why, yeah, hypothetically... A moment of self-awareness. <laughs> Formula One racing is boring yeah, to fuck, watch. quickly, move on, move Jesus on, move Christ. on. Um, do you want to talk about these fucking gift bags, or can we do, do, should we move straight oh, down yes, top? Yes, I do list? actually. Quickly touching on this gift bag shit, I didn't know this until this year, um, and then I was watching an episode of The Sopranos where they make fun of this exact thing. So I guess like it's been common knowledge for a while, I guess. But um, some people who attend Oscars and like ceremonies get gift bags in like a, well, everyone kind of, everyone that got nominated wins or whatever, you know. Okay, right. So if you're nominated, you get a gift Some bag. Some categories that get nominated, everyone wins. So uh, everyone like gets a gift bag. Best. It's like best uh, actor and actress, director, uh, supportings and shit. They're not giving them to the, the fucking makeup department makeup, or whatever, yeah, yeah. Yeah. which is bullshit, really. But also, <laughs> it's kind of not bullshit when you learn what's in these fucking things. And oh, I'll shit. just caveat this by saying, once again, the film that won was about the foibles of capitalism. <laughs> just just going to put that out okay, there. Keep going. What's so the gift bags that uh, anyone who received that received a gift bag at the Oscars what this year were worth... Two hundred and twenty-five thousand U.S. dollars each. Each gift bag. What? Each gift bag. <laughs> what was in them? A Ferrari. So, I've got a couple of different things. Hold uh, on. So, 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 are these? Let me see if I can guess what might be in them. So, right. uh, is anything I in this? Memorize these, so I might have to do okay, a quick, quick little well, scroll. How many things? Yeah. Is, how many things are in them? It's a fucking heaps. Is it's it like? Would this be like a hundred things? Is this like? It's like a sports bag worth of stuff, or is it like... There's a lot of, like, vouchers and shit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And I've, f- I've got a bunch, so... I'm ne- g- if it's me, vouchers, I'm never going to get it. Well, some of them. Well, like a smartphone? Some sort uh, of expensive smartphone? 
you're th- no. I guess there's there was one memorable object. I suppose is a twenty-four karat gold vape pen. <laughs> I don't no. have a. I don't have a. If that's uh, the caliber of nonsense we're dealing, I don't with, have I'm a dollar never, value for that. I would never have guessed. 24 no, karat gold vape pen. Right. You so could have get, I didn't just even to be know clear, you could get metal vape pens. That's way down the list in descending order of value. A The number one most expensive object was a $78,000 luxury cruise around Antarctica. Jesus Christ. Just for free. Just like you got nominated, everyone who gets nominated wins. That's that. insane. Up to $25,000 worth of cosmetic treatments by some fucking plastic surgeon in New York. <laughs> oh, my God. A $9,000 one-week stay at a spa in California. Uh, an eight-guest stay at a lighthouse <laughs> in Spain. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, which hopefully mimics the storyline <laughs> of the actual lighthouse film that year. Well, hold on. So, but they're giving everyone the same voucher to a lighthouse in Spain? Yes. It's going to be booked out for months. I know. A 24-carat like, gold... call up say, like, can I stay at the lighthouse? They'll be like, no, I've blown your nose. He's got a <laughs> he's, there for the he's next got four <laughs> fucking vouchers <laughs> yeah. for this thing. Yeah. Um, a 24-carat gold bath bomb... Uh, an 18 karat gold necklace. Ca- does it, what does 24 karat mean? Does that mean it's pure gold? I don't fucking care. Is it just care. a ball of gold that you put in your bath? No, it would be like it would have a lot of like gold flakes and shit, or like the gold would melt because of the hot water or some bullshit. $20,000 one year membership to a exclusive celebrity matchmaking service called Drawing Down the Moon. <laughs> what the fuck? Which a subscription <laughs> apparently costs $20,000 a year. Jesus Christ. Insane. So those are the kind of things that the winners or the nominees received in their gift bags. You just get handed that shit. Now, like, there you go. I learned a fun thing about this, which is that if you want to cash in on this stuff, a lot of people's contracts for their agents state that they have to, that the agent will take 20% of your earnings, right? Including... The value of gifts. So, if you want to go on that $70,000 cruise, you have to buy out your agent's share of the cruise by paying like 20 grand to your really? agent. Yeah. You can't just find 20 grand worth of gifts and give them to no, the agent? Well, I mean, you probably could come to some arrangement, but you have like, to buy the out their 20% of the house. value if you want to cash in on these gifts. Like, if you wanted to get the $25,000 worth of cosmetic treatments, you'd have to, like... Your agent has to have a little nose job or something. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but your agent would have to get 20% of the value from that, and you would usually have to pay them for the 20% worth, which is really fucking stupid. That I guess really weird. it makes sense because otherwise every actor ever would be like, yeah, you can have 20%. I will take all of my pay and gifts, please, and thank you. But, yeah. you know, yeah. That's fucking wild. It's so crazy, man. And th- just That's the most random assortment of shit as well. This is such a, like, how just how out of touch that shit is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, instead of giving everyone a $225,000 gift voucher, just give $225,000 to a climate change initiative. Just give everyone, fucking give everyone a bottle of wine that costs $1,000. Exactly, yeah. Right, exactly. Like a $1,000 bottle of wine or some shit. It's like you can only get that shit if you get to the Oscars. And like a commemorative pen or something. <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Right, it's well, just maybe bullshit. we shouldn't leave you in charge of the Oscars. You'll just be giving a fucking match, oh, yeah. matchbox. No one will show pen. up and I'll have won. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a match book <laughs> actually just cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> it says uh, ridges. Yeah, 
And they wouldn't even be like, <laughs> they wouldn't be those 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 sweet matches. They'll be fucking safety matches. Yeah, well, so like you can't light. No, you can't light these anywhere. <laughs> you can't even light them on the pack. <laughs> these are sticks. Yeah. There's no phosphorus. <laughs> right, <I don't laughs> these are blunt toothpicks. No need to be a nerd about it. Yeah. All yeah. right, should we launch into our best films of Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so you probably care about these a whole lot less than you care about the actual Oscars results, but we care more, and you're still listening, sucker. So, so here we are. Buckle up. Um, like, so last year, the way we did this was we took our top ten movies of the year, we ranked the, the top five, sure, and the bottom five were just like special mentions, not really ranked at all. Yep. And I, last year... Threw that aside and went, fucking, I'm ranking them all. And you did the top five, bottom five thing. So this year, I decided to follow suit by doing the top five, bottom five thing. And I assume that you, by the link you gave from me, have what, ranked them all? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or You did a me. Or did I rank none of them? (laughs) (laughs) Did you not? (laughs) No. Really? That's right. Yeah, I've I've got a vague idea. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, um... (laughs) Bottom five, I suppose we can just read out my number ten. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I've put... Um, it, it says... I think that really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> to, answer your, to answer your question, yes, I am very pleased with myself. Yes. Yep. Um, I got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Good. as my number ten pick. Wow, number ten. Wow. Wow, it's in my bo- it's in my it's in my cluster of five at the bottom because I knew I didn't want to be full of my own shit by putting it up the top somewhere because yeah. I didn't enjoy it that much when I came out of the cinema. Right. So really, my positive opinion of it now has mostly been formed by talking to people who've convinced me that it's good. Okay. I remember at the time thinking it wound on a bit too much and it was a bit slow, so I got to go back and watch it again. But mm. I feel like I I feel like I've been convinced that it's good. So here it is at number ten. Okay. Um, I reckon uh eighth grade would be maybe my number ten, but yeah, again, not I dropped ranked. I dropped eighth grade off my list because I wasn't sure whether it was one of those ones that counted between twenty eighteen and nineteen. Yeah, but fuck it, almost made my list. I loved eighth grade. Right. Also, just to be clear, I saw Burning in twenty nineteen. So if we're going by like I saw it this year, that wins for me. Yeah, well, I, f- I feel but like I feel like the rule is it has to have been released in Australia in 2019. I think for it us. was, and so like technically that would win, but I haven't included it in my list because when I was doing this exercise a while back, it wasn't, it didn't count. So like, if that counts, everyone already knows that's my number one. Oh yeah, no, everyone. But yeah. if it doesn't count, sure, then fine. I'm just not including it on this list. But it's a quick shout out. I feel like if the cinematic release, that does, does but we're not yeah, debating yeah, our own dumb it. rules. And, Whatever, and, great. Anyway, that's it. Uh, number nine. So, what was yours? What was your number ten? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. So, directed by Bo Burnham. Uh, wonderful little coming of age story. Um, one of the most memorable uses of like screens and technology. That's not like super fucking cringy. It was great in recent times. It, really um, good. Great soundtrack as well. It was a really good soundtrack, and the. <clears throat> The child actors were brilliant. He used a lot of kids that yeah. were actually in the eighth grade. Elsie, Elsa, Elsa Fisher? Yeah. Elsie Fisher? El- <coughs> yeah, Elsie Fisher. Yep. Um, she was brilliant. Really it was good. the first movie that she was in. And it was one of those movies that sort of gives you anxiety watching it, almost remembering all the embarrassing <laughs> shit you did yeah. as a kid. Oh, yeah. And like, you see the parent like trying to connect with their kid and the kid's being a fuckwit. And you're like, oh, God, I was that fuckwit. Yeah. I was really that cool. Fuckwit. I feel like it's the sort of movie that everyone's going to... Because I think everyone was went through a 
most people went through an awkward phase in their in that kind of te- early teenage years. Yeah. And so I feel like everyone's going to draw something out of it. But even like as someone who's getting a bit older and maybe starting to relate a bit more with the parent side of things as like the adults in the movie. Yeah. Like maybe um, I was the bad guy. <laughs> and you can also see how the, you can feel how the parents feeling. God, it's just so well written. And just to know that it's written by some dude is really just a stand-up comedian. I was so surprised by how yeah. well it was all put together. And everything. Yeah. Eighth grade. Good pick. Um, my number nine is Toy Story 4. Yep, okay, yeah, cool. I'd th- Does that uh, make your list? I'd say that'd probably be about my number nine as well, yeah. It's on your list? Yeah. Yeah, right. I really liked Toy Story 4. I thought that we both definitely went into it expecting it to be terrible, or expecting it to be a cash One grab, of the like biggest Cars surprises 2. of this year, yeah. It was so good. I, I might have almost liked it more than I liked Toy Story 3. I, I think we were talking about it with Damn. either on the pod or with friends at a bar at some point about the idea that... Um, Toy Story f- 3 felt like it was an ending for the kid, for yep. Andy. Right. And Toy Story 4 felt like it was the ending for Buzz and Woody. Yeah, that's like right. The, the resolution, and I suppose spoilers, I guess, but spoilers for all these movies. Um, mm. the, the resolution that you get, for like the, the sense of friendship and mateship and camaraderie between Buzz and Woody and all the toys at the end of the movie is so warm and sad. Just wonderful. And bittersweet yeah. and wonderful and it's such a good movie. Which I thought that they had done uh, kind of unrepeatably, irreplicably. I thought they did it in Toy Story 3. In Toy Story exactly. 3, right. But then you and get so to this and you're like, oh, that's what I was missing. Yeah, yeah, You sort yeah. of get this like, it's it's all, it's, it, and it, I like the, the themes it was exploring and its sort of sense of growing older and feeling a little bit like you don't really know where your direction in life is supposed to be. Right. You might not, you, you feel like, the world is changing around you and you feel out of place in an interesting way that can sort of be applied to every character in the movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And I'd, I'd probably... I'd, I don't know. It's one of, the, one of those beautiful movies that's good for kids and good for adults. And I, but yeah. I feel like adults are going to get so much more out of it just because of all the, the fucked up dark themes that are in yeah, the movie. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Well, also, it looked fucking incredible. Just an unbelievably good-looking movie. Yeah, every Pixar movie that I see, I think, well, it was like a fucking, it was like real life last time. I don't know how they could possibly make it Oh, yeah, it, it looks spectacular. And then you see it, it's like, oh, no, this looks like real life. Is this the one where there's a scene where Woody's head gets squeezed and it's all rubber? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And it's you can so see funny. that Bo Peep is porcelain and, oh, God. Right, and like, um, I saw a really, really, really zoomed in image of Forky's eye and there's glue that's been used to stick Forky's eyes on and the glue has flecks of glitter in it. Yeah, it's that you never see. Yeah, it's wild, wild, and you can see that the flecks of glitter are squares if you like zoom in far. <laughs> it's it's insane. Someone's job was to animate. Oh the, the god, light. Oh, it's just a computer program. <laughs> After yeah. a while, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of things you never see, you're gonna hate me. Uh, eighth grade totally made my list. It's number eight. Nice. <laughs> so there it is. Nice. I thought I'd cut it off. Now eighth grade's in my list. <laughs> Love that movie. Already talked about it. What's yep. your number eight? Yep. Uh, my number eight. So we, just to check, we're not ranking these, are we? The bottom the five. The bottom five are kind of loose, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's another movie in your bottom five? Yeah, another movie in my bottom five is uh, if Beale Street could talk. Hell yeah! I loved that movie. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Going back through the the top five this year was really like is is really hard to pick apart. But I feel like it falls off pretty hard. Like, there were, like, maybe six movies this year that I loved. 
yeah. and then a bunch of movies that I liked. I really didn't feel like I watched that many movies this year. And looking yeah. back, there were in, so in many fact, movies. If I had to rank them, eighth grade, I vastly liked more than if Bill Street could talk. Oh, really? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, but Bill Street could talk. I really, really liked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really feel like I didn't really watch that many movies this year. Like looking back on it, there were so many movies that we just watched just recently in the last couple of months. I wish I could have included on the list. Yeah, like The Lighthouse was really interesting. Uh, Uncut Gems was really interesting. I'm happy with the list I got, but you're right. There's a lot of weird. A lot of weird kind of choices we had to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Bill Street could talk. I really liked that. I loved how it was a real movie movie in so many different ways. The yeah. Ca- the acting was all brilliant. Yeah. Um, the score was so present when it needed to be and perfectly melted into the rest of the movie when it needed to. The the, the, the setting and the costumes, everything about it was oh, great. One of my favorite movies of last mm. year. Absolutely. Mm. Um, my... Next pick was They Shall Not Grow Old, which is a World oh, War I documentary directed by Peter Jackson. It's now on Netflix. It was commissioned by some sort of British history commission or whatever. Yeah. But the the, the, the the reason why this documentary is interesting is it's one of those ones where there's no narrator. It's all footage and audio clips from primary sources. Now, Apollo 11 was another one to come out this year that was like a similar style of documentary. I wonder if this is a new thing. I, I, feel, like, no, I, feel, I feel like it's a common style Apollo of documentary. Apollo 11 Apollo 13? It doesn't, it doesn't have a... I think you're right, it's Apollo 11. It doesn't yeah. have a, a narrator, though. It's all original video from World War One mm. that was originally hand-cranked black and white flickery crackly as yeah, fuck yeah. film the type of footage you think of when you, someone says World yeah, War One footage exactly like dude, the dude's walking around really quickly but he's gone back and restored all of it beautifully yep. they've gone through and stabilised the frame rate and they have colourised everything and made it all scanned it all in in HD and repaired all the broken frames yeah. and they have then gone in and to add to the illusion they've added in audio but they went and like borrowed tanks from the British Museum and recorded the sound of those tanks yeah. going yeah, over crazy. gravel. And they got lip readers to like read what the soldiers might have been saying and added in like soldier banter and like the sound the editing that would have been required on that is uh, unfathomable. I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Actually, yeah, it's crazy. It. Yeah. Maybe it came out te- one of those like technically a year and a half ago type things. But yeah, it's maybe. An absolutely phenomenal documentary, even if not just for the feat of... It, it's the video you've it's never seen It's a very impressive feat of filmmaking, it's yeah. It's so humanizing to see these dudes from over 100 years ago. They just look like teenagers when when they're, when the video is like that. And I don't think it has that sickly, uh, morbid kind of feeling that you'd imagine from a World War One documentary. No, it's, it's meant to really, like, humanize the... Yeah, it's really personal. And yeah. you sort of get like, it's a lot of, and then the, it's narrated by, I don't know whether they're voice actors or what, but it's narrated by what sounds like old guys describing what their war days were like, just talking about like what it was like to get breakfast in the trenches. And so when you say there was no narration, do you mean... Sorry, I mean like, there was, it's not like, there wasn't like one narrator that was fucking Morgan Spurlock being like, right, right, right. oh, this is a typical trench in World War One. It was like, it's all a collage of audio clips. Right. So it's as if they found archival audio from 20 it- years ago. From like twenty years ago, not from like whatever. Yeah, I, I, I'm not clear on where the audio comes from, but it sounds like archival interviews with ex-soldiers describing right, okay. the stuff you're seeing on screen. And it's, you sometimes get to hear what people are saying through yeah. this art of yeah, liberating, like adding the sound. Yeah, yeah it's, cool. it's dude, it's so good. You yeah. got to watch it. I don't think you're gonna uh, get. I is know it you on like, Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's yeah. called "They Shall Not Grow Old." It, Peter Jackson. Peter yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. The Lord of the Rings guy. <laughs> <laughs> the New Zealand's sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next pick, boy? 
Uh, I'm still in my, my. I'm really finding it hard not to like order them in my brain. So I'm like, which one do I pick next in my not order? Um, <laughs> but I reckon uh, I'll just throw it out there. Mid- Midsummer. Yeah, that didn't make my list. Yeah, I feel like I didn't like it as much as Hereditary, and it. I was. I loved Hereditary, and this was to me such a letdown because of its shifting to tone that. away from what I was expecting. Yeah, that I sort of left the movie feeling kind of flat. I'm yeah, glad you liked it though. I agree, but looking back at the list of films that I saw this year, I enjoyed it enough when I immediately saw it um, that it's on the list of the top ten. I just wouldn't see it again, really, I think, ever. I, I just yeah, wouldn't bother. Right. You know, it's not like a watch twice kind of deal, whereas I feel like... I, well, actually, I have gone back and watched Hereditary like for bits of it, so... I don't know. Yeah, Again. I, I wasn't even really that impressed with the cinematography in Midsummer. Like, no, I, I, I liked a lot of the shots in Hereditary and the story and the acting, and I just wasn't really impressed by Midsummer at all. Yeah, I Not thought to it was um, your pick. I'm just surprised. No, yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was impressive that Ari Aster managed to build so much tension during the daytime, which, as we've talked about before, I think is really something very impressive about like horror films. I suppose so, yeah. Um, and I think that yeah, that he managed to do that was was really good. But you know, yeah, it was it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> it was. We'll look forward to more. Just fine. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. It was bad. It was fine. Yeah. Great. It's it's a good thing we're not listing the um, any kind of like top ten favorites or anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds like that would have been towards the bottom of your list. Yeah. If I if I were ranking them, yeah. Okay. Cool. But just to be <laughs> but just to be clear. Again, not ranked. <laughs> We're going to make it very clear where they should be on the list. But we're not going to go through <laughs> that all. Not doing that, yeah. Uh, my next... Because well, I think the list that I'm going off, you've collated in release... or re- Not release order, the order that we did them on the podcast, which is probably oh, close see, to right. release order. I see. So you just went through that That's list. most likely the order that they're coming out in or something like that. Yeah, yeah. okay, right. Um, uh, the next one on my list... Uh, is a How many have we done? <laughs> this is my, my fifth one. Okay. So you've done four. Yeah. Uh, the next one on my list, my fifth one, is another documentary. It's the Bob Dylan Rolling Thunder Review documentary on Netflix. Yeah, okay. Rolling Thunder Review is a series of concerts, like a sort of big tour through America that he did in the, uh, uh, in the mid-70s, kind of, after fucking Bob Dylan-ass 60s, like a Rolling Stone Bob Dylan, yeah. sort of packed up his ball and went home and just hold himself up in the mountains for ages and kind of quit touring. And this is like his big return to touring. He got a big band together with backup singers and a... a, a horn players and shit like Bob Dylan never did that he was like way against this whole big showy kind of thing and so it was Mm. a fun different thing and it was he rearranged all his songs for a big rock band with backup singers and violins and things and went on this sort of bohemian folky hippie kind of road trip and he invited people along the way to join his tour he played with Joni Mitchell and a really interesting time in his career and it's not something that I knew very much about it seems like he has a lot of fun looking at the footage of him singing and laughing and being happy backstage with his friends in the in the documentary, which is something I liked as a Bob Dylan fan because a lot of the earlier documentaries are documentaries of him touring in the 65 and 66 in England when he was fucking hating his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks stoned out of his mind and he's playing some of his, what is later to become some of his most critically acclaimed material, that blues rock, like, like a Rolling Stone Real stuff. sad about it. And he's getting booed off stage yep. all over the place. 
people saying like, oh, I wish you played all your folk stuff. Yeah. Um, people just not ready for the new shit. Not ready for the new shit. And as to be like this mid-twenties guy in your prime and to have people booing you, he looks so bummed and it's such a that bummer. That is wild. So contrastingly, there's like a Rolling Stone... Fuck. This, this uh, Rolling Thunder review documentary, which is directed by Scorsese, um, is so joyous to watch, if only because of how sort of rejuvenated he is musically and person personally. Yep. Really worth watching. I think okay. it's probably more interesting if you're already a fan of Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to hear what people think about it anyway. I think it's great. It's worth going in on. It's got some weird controversy about it where some of the stuff's fictionalized in it. And they just sort of didn't. And they just don't tell you. They just sort of like <laughs> yeah. mess around with some stuff. And that happen? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird, but it's it's fun. It's a very Bob Dylan-y and very strange. Just to be like, oh, no, that bit's made up. No, nah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, like they have talking heads who say like, oh, professor of this, who's just, this, that's not, like, that's an actor. Yeah. That's not who that is. Weird yeah. shit like that. Very good. But um, I think there's a story where like Sharon Stone talks about meeting him on tour when she was a kid. Right. And it's like, nah, she never that met him on didn't tour. Happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> just they didn't just, happen. They just got Sharon Stone to come in and lie about that. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> it's really weird. It's a very weird um, thing. Worth watching. If I feel like I remember you talking about that at I the time and I was like, that's so weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Folks, it's still weird. It's still weird. Yeah. Uh, that's my number five pick. I think it's worth going in on. Probably only if you give a fuck about Bob Dylan, but go in on it anyway. I don't know. Right. Right. His biggest his biggest song from that period of time was Hurricane. If you know the Hurricane song, that's his song. Man. I do not, but I am sure that the Dylan fans out there will. All right. Unless you've played me Hurricane. No. Okay, um, I'm going to skim through this quickly. I realized I've monumentally fucked up two items on my list because of the stupid formatting thing that I did. <laughs> well, you're, you're always a number five and you're bottom five. Yeah, okay. I'll get to that in a sec, but I'm going to... Fuck. Sorry. I'm knocking out Beale Street and Midsummer. Jesus. To replace them with <laughs> ones that might be we in your top, top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but definitely, those two are definitely out. Th- those would be 11 and 12. Uh, Especially since you, I missed. you yourself were like, yeah, Midsummer's just fine, I guess. Right, and that's it- why, yeah. And then I scrolled further down and it was like, oh, that's that's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jojo Rabbit and Knives Out. Fuck, they're already yeah, they they're they're a bit further up for me. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. So I guess we'll talk about them more when we get to yours. But the authoritative we've done four. The authoritative four. Toy Story Four. Eighth grade, knives out, Jojo Rabbit. That's what's confusing me. You Those haven't done your fifth one yet. Jesus yes. fucking. The fifth Christ. one. My number well, my number six. Just for the record, I wish I was dead. The fifth in the bottom ten, which is number <laughs> six, but they're not ordered, is <laughs> <laughs> Parasite. <laughs> right. That's my that's my sixth. Uh, Parasite um, didn't make my list. Oh wait, maybe it did. Uh, no, uh, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll pick it later. Um, that's my number six. It is, uh, and honestly, like, could these top six are the six that I would really struggle with? So, like, <laughs> I've ordered them, but if you caught me on a different day, maybe it would be different. If you catch me in five minutes, maybe it'll be different. <laughs> um. No, I'm not changing it again. If you fucking scroll up. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm at the top, baby. Um Parasite, I at the end of the day, like it's still an intensely enjoyable film. We've talked about it fucking heaps. Yeah, it's great. Um it's I good. really like it. The cinematography is fantastic. Bong Joon Ho is a great director. It has a wonderful little script. There's some really memorable moments in it. Um, some might say it has the best script. <laughs> yeah. Of twenty nineteen. Some might say. <laughs> You might hear people saying that it has the best script. <laughs> uh, and I would potentially 
Agree. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's my that's the t- that's topping out my bottom five. Yeah, right. I okay, reckon. great. We'll launch into the big boys. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm getting kind of conscious of the fact that I feel like we're being loud. I don't know. Oh, are we? Okay, I'll quiet down. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk this loud from now on. Okay, Oscar in the edit. Have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, folks, um, we've just quietened down <laughs> for the consideration of our housemates. So yes. we're gonna welcome, welcome to, to the uh, beef station up late. Welcome to to the chill hours. <laughs> beef station up late. So my uh, my number five. <laughs> yep. Of my top five. Of your top five. Are ordered. The bottom, the bottom five and fifth order. item on the this bottom is, of your is, top five. This is, this is the bottom of my top five. Right. This is number five. So it is the bottom five. It's but it's not the unordered bottom it's five. A, it's, it's the bottom fifth. It's the bottom fifth. The fifth movie. The f- in number my five. Ordered top five. Numero list. V. Nineteen seventeen. Okay, interesting. This is a very tight top five for me. Yes. I reckon. and all these movies that I've got on this list for the most part came out very recently. Like these are all like. It was such a. Back-ended Yeah year. So 1917 for me I liked it Kay. Didn't like it as much As the other ones I feel like the thing That I um, <laughs> Because Once again just once just again, Number five Number five <laughs> It's an ordered list So up here It's only uphill from here Where <laughs> The altitude on the hill Is directly proportional To the quality of the movie In my subjective Now opinion. that hill Does that have a constant gradient? <laughs> is there an even gap Between um, these films? I would say that they're is less of a gradient between number three and number two. Okay. And there's quite a steep gradient between number five, four, and three. Again, from a subjective quality perspective. Right. So it really plateaus at the top of this mountain. Yeah. Well, no, just before the top of the mountain, there's a small little plateau. Obviously, it it can't plateau at the peak. It goes up again. No, of course it can. A plateau no, it can can't. be a peak. It's a peak. <laughs> what do you call it if the peak's kind of flat? A plateau. Maybe that's a ridge. (laughs) 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 The thing I liked about 1917, like, (laughs) what it kept, what kept it below the plateau for me, plateau, below the plateau. Um, (laughs) Diplo. Isn't he a DJ? Bless me. <laughs> Diplo. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very good. <laughs> was just the fact that I feel like really all I had going for it was the cool war scene. Roger Deakins. And the long shots. Oh, yeah. Like, even if there were if there cuts, if the, if there were loads of cuts in this, I wouldn't really have cared as much about it. The mm. movie just felt like a magic trick to yeah. me. Yeah. I feel like I like this movie in the same way as I liked Gravity, that space movie from a few years ago. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's like, yeah, I, I thought it was fine, but... I don't know. I feel like I had so much fun watching it as an experience. That's why it's this high up on the it's list. It's like a roller coaster, right? But I don't feel like it's much of like an, art, an artistic, artsy kind of drama. I think a lot of the ones that are higher higher up on this list fall more into that category. Right. For me, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. But the script is boring. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. It's just Which fine. is kind of that was my differentiating factor. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What's, what's number five for you? Um, number five for me <laughs> was, and again. You could have caught me on a different day, uh, Joker. Yeah, right. Because, like, based on what I've just said, um, nineteen seventeen is a little higher up on my list. <laughs> um, and I guess I just, when I was making this, was weighting the visuals a lot higher, and yeah, I really sure. liked the experience of it. I still agree with what I said. It doesn't have a particularly entertaining script, but I still felt like the Joker has a better script. Bottom line, yeah. Um, 
but it just didn't quite hit me in the same way. I walked out of the... I remember walking out of the cinema thinking like, this... I don't know what that movie was saying. And I was looking for it to be a counter... Like, a counter-capitalist, like, revolutionary narrative well, and stuff. I don't, I don't think it necessarily has to say anything specifically. Like, it's number four on my list, so I'm about to start talking about okay, it as well. Right. Um, well, if you could w- fucking when you're wait. Done. <laughs> Um, I, th- I think that, much like when I talk about Uncut Gems, I think it's more of a character study of the Joker, obviously, mm. and the sort of vague themes they've got are sort of influenced by the shit we're going through now politically. So I I, I don't necessarily think it was trying to make any kind of... I, I don't think you could call it out for not effectively making a specific political statement because I don't think that's necessarily what it was going for, in my opinion. I feel like maybe just the politics of the movie were kind of influenced by the what we're going through at the moment. And right. I, th- I think that, for me, I think that the reason why I put it one notch higher up on the list was um, just the idea that I think it was a more rounded, good movie. Like, the score yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah. The acting was it brilliant. Had more the cinematography was, was all, every, So many more of the elements were really strong. Yeah. In a way in which I think a lot of the movies lower down on this list aren't. Yeah. Sure. Because the higher up you go the list... Arguably... <laughs> the better they are. <laughs> or at least the better that you thought they were. Subjectively. Right. Um, my number four yep. was uh, Little Women. Yeah, right. Little Women. Um, I really liked this fucking movie. Me and I, too. I right. did not expect... <laughs> is that a, a, little, a little hint? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I did not expect to like it nearly as much as I did. I thought it was going to be pretty good. Um, I thought I was going to enjoy it uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was going to be like a good, solid remake of a very well-trodden story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was me too. a little bit worried it was going to be another one of those like boring, boring remakes <laughs> of um, <laughs> uh, old fucking books. Um, but no, it was really wonderful. Uh, the performances are fantastic. Like All the of the art Kama direction Sutra. was so it's an good. Old fucking book. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> it also involves some. Little Women. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's only if you buy the A5 edition. <laughs> <laughs> the pocketbook of conversation. <laughs> if you buy the coffee table edition. Oh, God. Those oh, are some the, big they're, women. They're big women. <laughs> Them women? Big. Big eyes. Big pussy. <laughs> Shout out to Sonny Dioria. Sonny Dioria. Um, yeah, that's my number four. Have we gone through your number four? Yes, Joker. Yes, Joker. All right. Uh, My number three is Jojo Rabbit. Oh, okay, yeah. I really enjoyed this when it came out. Now, where Uh, was that on my list? I believe that was roughly number seven. Yeah. Uh, Number six. Roughly, because the bottom five, I don't know if you remember, but nah, fuck it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Jojo Rabbit, much in the same way as I've put uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of low, being like, I know I love the movie now, but I've only ever seen it once, and when I saw it, I hated it. Right. Um, I had the opposite of that with Jojo Rabbit, where the first time I saw it, it would have like almost topped out my list. Yeah. And then the second time I saw it, it was like, look, it's great, and I really enjoyed it, but it just didn't really hit me in the same way. Well, yeah, it hasn't really stayed with me. I just remember yeah. really How much loving you liked it, it out of the cinema. Right. I remember coming out of the cinema saying, that might be my favorite movie of the year. Mm. So I felt like I owed it to it to put it up this high on the list, because the experience I had coming out of the cinema was like that and um, I don't know I'm a pretty forgetful person as it is so I wouldn't mm. put that down to the movie I would just put that down to me being a pretty vague dude um, yeah. I really liked it I don't 
I think maybe it has something to say. It's something to be said for the fact that it's a little it's a little too wacky. Like you sort of get sick of the movie shit after a while. Maybe the I ending. The end. The ending sucked. I definitely <laughs> didn't like the way that the ending felt like they were kind of rushing for an emotional connection that I kind of felt it didn't earn. Yeah. Um, and even just the fact that there's a dancing scene at the end where the two characters that are dancing together don't dance together. I think the it's thing... It's like they yeah, weren't on set at the same well, time. Well, they're dancing together, but not like They're literally together. not, though. Like, <laughs> there's not a scene of... I think there is one shot of them not. side by side. Are you positive? 100%. Uh, I thought I was looking for it when I saw it. Okay. I well, you I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm only 60% sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I liked it. So your number three, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. What do you My got? number three, one nine one seven nineteen seventeen. Oh, I was gonna say there's a lawsuit coming on. Yeah, this dude's not heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie about World War Two. Um, you liked this a lot. I did. I liked it a lot. I was amazed by the cinematography. I was watching it as like an aspiring filmmaker and thinking like, this is the pinnacle of what yeah. you can do with a fucking camera. There's so many shots in that where um, like the handovers between cranes and things. Maybe they did it in heaps of movies, but I'd never had it pointed out to me. So it was amazing that they did it in this. Mm. Um, so many shots where you, where you know it's one cut and you're looking for the camera to do something funny and it just goes over the lake. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool Yeah, scene. that was my... Like, uh, I, I, I sharply intook breath yeah. when that happened for the first time. Like, like the two characters walk around a lake and the camera just goes straight across we it. We talked about it when we... We talked about yeah, it, I think. God, God it's damn. incredible. Um, if, if you're interested in 1917, if you have seen it or haven't seen it, um, either way, I suppose it's a light spoiler, but there there are great making of videos on YouTube that really give you a sense oh, of they're really spoiler and awe. So, yeah. I suppose they do it. They give yeah. you a really a huge sense of awe as to what a feat it was to pull off some of the camera moves they pulled off in that movie. Yeah, and they give you a bit of a behind the scenes about like where the camera goes through a wall. They've built the wall to especially be torn apart, Spit and apart, like that. And come back um, together. Really and stuff, interesting. Yeah. So if, uh, maybe after you've seen the movie, remember to go and look it up. Or if you're never going to see the movie. Look those videos. Just look up, it up anyway. They're, great. they're really yeah. interesting. They're very And we're back. Okay, so my uh, number two pick yep. is Little Women. Right. Listeners, just know that we just lost a good five minutes of audio because oh, the yeah. recorder got full. Yeah. Andrew and I, and I, I glanced down and it was like, card is full. And I was like, oh, when did that happen? <laughs> so mercifully that we've just spent the last five minutes doing a very extended return <laughs> to the beautiful mountain metaphor from earlier, explaining where? in very, very painful detail exactly where on the mountain and in what shape my mountain is. Because the I realized I misdescribed the, the shape of my mountain earlier. And the plateau wasn't where we thought it was. But it wasn't where I thought it was. Needless to say... There's a plateau between women. one and two. That's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So That's it's more of a ridge. No. Yeah. A ridge would be if there was no, a... If I, little Women is my number two. <laughs> um, I almost did it again. <laughs> That's about where we were last time, but I didn't exercise self-control. Yeah. More for you. Okay. Um, I really little Women. I really loved Little Women. I thought it was such a great movie. It was beautiful. It was funny. It was happy. It was sad. Um, I loved Damn. all the performances. That's in the little... four points of the political conference. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and no. There's. I'm trying to think of some movie that's like 
happy, smart, sexy, funny or something. It's like, right. it doesn't matter, whatever. There's a joke in there somewhere. Um, happy, smart, sexy, funny is my favorite uh, <coughs> self-help film thing. from the Love Actually, dude. Yeah. Couldn't remember his fucking name. Joke doesn't work. Cut, cut, it, cut, it, cut that. Yeah, we're gone. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have time. It's 10 o'clock. Um, yeah. I just, I love the performances first and foremost. Saoirse Ronan was so good in this yeah. and I felt, I feel like she's really the main character of the movie. And yeah. I, I, f- I feel like you you feel her pain and every tiny little expression on her face is so perfect in its melancholy and in its, like there's so many scenes where, there's a scene where she has to pretend to be totally cool with this relationship that's happening even yeah. though she's totally still got feelings for the guy who's moved on. And the, in the, the sort of the pained for smile she puts on when he's looking at her like, hey, isn't this so great? And she's like, yeah, man, it's great. Congratulations. Yeah. It's so real. It's great. The scene where she and Chalamet go at it, Timothy yeah. Chalamet, is, is really beautiful. It's a really well-written scene. Um, I thought Very that something that enhanced it was the way it was put together through its editing and its screenwriting, um, which I... I understand that she like wrote all the edits into the movie. Like it wasn't like fucked around with later where it would flash back and forwards in time um, in a way that I, I, my understanding is that the other, I don't know about the book, but at least previous movie adaptations, I don't think did that as much as this did. No. Where, excuse me. Um, Where it would show you the, um, where it would show you the, the beach scene uh, in the past and in the present. Um, I don't know. I just really loved it, and I really sort of felt it in the cinema, and I it, loved it both times. It was amazing that a world uh, that the th- an adaptation like that could still feel so lived in and inhabited and fresh and new. Um, yeah, and I was I, I thought that was really wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I, I really loved it, and this is really close to my number one. And the only reason I didn't pick this as my number one is because I remembered a movie um, that we saw way earlier in the year that was one of those 2018, 2019 ones <laughs> that I think is probably my favorite film that I saw. In 2019, but whatever. People are, don't at me. Yeah, I, I know it's a weird pick. Yeah, all right. Detective Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number two? No, that wasn't. Oh, was <laughs> no, um, my number two is uh, Marriage Story. Yeah, right. That um, didn't really make my list. Yeah, I think it probably would have. It would have snuck onto number ten if I'm not allowed to have my number one. So both of these, my number two and my number one, uh, my my. Poo and my pee, if you will. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> hey, you laughed, <laughs> idiot. Um, <laughs> our, uh, um, my number two and my number one are heavily influenced by how I felt after the first time I watched them. Yeah, right. Um, and I've kind of, I feel like I've let that influence some of the lower numbers on my list like Jojo Rabbit should be higher by that metric but uh, it's subjective get fucked that's, that's kind of the I'm allowed to be the boss of my on. own list so yeah that's why 1917 is so high as well yeah. the second time I watched it obviously not quite as sh- surprising and impressive um, but still really really wonderful so yeah Marriage Story um, this script hits you like a truck uh, yeah. it's really really well written Um I thought the I really like films that feel theatrical uh and this was a real actors film um it yeah, let people it was. Just, it really sort of did feel like a play didn't it right and you know it, to the point where of course there's so much like meta narrative about plays in there um 
I yeah. thought the scripting was fantastic. I thought the performances were wonderfully believable. I like these little like human character studies, seeing uh, Adam Driver's character grow over the course of it, seeing Scarlett Johansson's character drive uh, grow over the course <laughs> of it, seeing um, seeing them get sucked into this legal system that argues to have their best interests at heart and is designed to like fundamentally, principally designed to protect like young. Uh, women that are screwed over by men or I guess like fathers who are left by mm. um, mothers of children that are neglectful and then like just I completely turned inwards on itself and yeah. abused to the point where it, it, it sort of is this beast that they accidentally unleash upon each other <laughs> and it turns them against each other in such a um, vicious way that neither of them want but both of them have to do is yeah. so uh, interesting and it is really interesting the way all the legal shit. It feels like a really real story in the most frustrating yeah, yeah. way when you're watching it. Kind of like, kind of, it's just struck me now the irony of the fact that they're so exasperated by the theatricality of the legal process. Yeah, in yeah. A way where like, it is very ironic. Yeah, yeah, and then the fact that like Adam Driver's ironic. character as the director um, is is like, it's the one situation, the only one kind of theatrical. Uh, situation where he's not in control and he feels right. like it doesn't make any sense to him at all and it's these lawyers that are being over, very hammy characters and then they're real sometimes and you realise that these crazy ass characters they're putting on are just put-ons. No. it's ex- Yeah, it's it's, it's all, it's performative in its, it's a own really way. good movie. I really, I, yeah. I think I, I think I remembered the funny bits of it when I was recommending it to my housemate and she came out like a, like a week later. I was like, like, dude, that film that fucked me that up. That movie's brutal. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah. You said it was funny. And I was like, oh, no, it is brutal. Did oh, I say no, funny? Oh, no, it's way more brutal than funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird that I would have described it as funny. <laughs> it was it's barely probably, funny probably, at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, not a funny movie. But there's probably <laughs> a funny bit in it. Alan Alda's pretty oh, funny. I'm sure there are a few moments, ah, yeah. And how lovely is it to have Alan Alda in a movie? He's yeah. Like, dude's like 90 or something. Oh, no. What was your PP? <laughs> My number one pick was if Bill Street could talk. Whoa, that was your number one. Yeah, I mean it was pretty toss up between. Ah, oh, you told me about that. I, I should have known when, it, when your number two came out. I have a very <laughs> <laughs> when you peed yourself. <laughs> yeah, I got the turtling right now, buddy. <laughs> um, it all comes back to turtles. Oh yeah. Um, my um. I don't know. I I I, re- I remember fucking loving it at the time, and the reason why in my in on my list here I've put it at the top is in the same way as I felt like Joker was more of a more well-rounded movie than 1917. Yeah. I feel like in terms of dr- dramas about romance, um, Veal Street is a more well-rounded movie. I just remember the score is so wonderful, and all there's all these beautiful shots, and I, I talked about it before. It's just yeah. it's so. It's such a perfect little movie in oh, every way. What's the name like, of the director again? Barry Barry Jenkins. Jenkins. Every single, f- every single facet of the movie is so perfectly polished. Yep. In a way that I think makes it so impressive and so wonderful to watch, and you sort of get swept up in the whole thing. And yeah, uh, the, the acting is great, and there's so many great scenes and ca- bits of camera work that aren't in Little Women. That's how but I felt about Moonlight when it came out. 
Yeah, right. Like I, I, I'm thinking back now about that scene where they're all at the dinner, they're all at the dinner table in that shitty little apartment. Yeah, and she's in the corner making dinner or something, and, and he's talking. Fawny is talking mate. with his mate as yeah. the camera sort of sort of sort of rubber bands between them. That's right. Talking about it, and then with the, the music, jazz music in the background. You can't really tell whether it's diegetic or not, yeah. and it's the, the movie's all about these bits of culture that are just sort of part of the background that are sort of part of who we are that you don't even really notice. Woven into the fabric of the place. The music is woven into the movie. Oh, it's it's so good. It is If Beale Street Could Talk is such a beautiful movie and I absolutely loved it and I don't think I've gone back to watch it since. No. So I really want to go back and watch it again. And that's my movie where, yeah, it technically came out in 2018, but it came out in 2019 in Australia and whatever. I think it was, it was, it was the first or second movie we released that we, that we saw after our previous best of episode and this probably would have been on my list if we had seen it in time so yeah, that's yeah. why it's at the top of my list your number one movie from last year was Three Billboards yeah your number two for, movie for was Mandy reason. do you reckon this would have been top of your list last year um better than Three Billboards I think that I probably I mean I had some weird shit on my list last year I had like Mission Impossible Fallout Yes, you did. Um, Isle of Dogs. Um, it'll be up there somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I'd probably put it as like a number three or a number two. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I really liked If you, you Were Never Really Here last yeah. year. That's a great movie. There's no way it knocks Mandy off. I would probably look, look, look retrospectively, because this list was valid at the time, but yep. retrospectively, I would probably bump out Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. <laughs> yeah. It's um, not that great. I don't know. I, I liked it, but the retrospective. Looking back on it, it hasn't really stuck with me in a way in which a lot of the other movies on my list from last year have. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, w- I would probably bump Isle of Dogs completely mm. and put Beale Street right in there. Interesting. Okay, so it'd be like your number three out of Number four. one movie of 2019. Yeah, and if, if, if for whatever reason I can't have that, then I'd have Little Women and everything would bump up one and I'd slide in uh, whatever the fuck I said before. Yep. Yeah. Knives Out. Yeah, right. What's your number one, boy? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, right. And I'm basing that off... I forgot that hadn't happened yet. Yeah, I'm basing that off, again, I've only seen it once, how I felt walking out of the cinema. I loved the entire... uh, There wasn't a moment that I was watching that film that I think I didn't feel engrossed in the story grateful to be watching it you know yeah right I, um, I, I, I really wish I had appreciated it I gotta go back and watch it again properly I, I thought the performances were just so intriguing it was so interesting um, I get that it's not the most well rounded story um, but what it was trying to look you know in the same way the Parasite achieved what it was trying to do this achieved what it was trying to do so well I felt like also I was taking into account all of Tarantino's previous work that I love and thinking about how like I feel like he dropped the ball on a couple of his more recent ones a little bit that but that he also had some real strength in some of his most recent ones and this just felt like oh he got it right Mm. like he really fucking nailed it and he didn't just nail it as a movie that like people can go and watch and enjoy but he nailed it as a movie for Tarantino fans um yeah, he's I think talked this about his least Tarantino movie though. I think so, like, but I think it's I think it's in in some ways his most Tarantino movie <laughs> because he pushed he pushed people's expectations so far that he almost completely left them behind. Yeah. But then right at the end of the movie, 
he still does what he usually <laughs> what does, you think right? He's gonna do, yeah. right? But he just waits. He he makes you sit there for three hours while he tells you a compelling story. Yeah, and then he's like, "All right, fine, go." I feel like what broke it for me is I really thought that he was gonna let loose with his like Tarantino action sequences right. a lot earlier. And so I think I was always on the edge of my seat and I wasn't enjoying the suspense because I thought, like, I know it's going to happen. This next scene is definitely going to happen. But he's doing that to And then you. it didn't. Yeah, I, I know, but that's I feel like it became not boring, but it became like I was waiting for so long that I thought, like, oh, maybe it's never going to happen. And then when it does happen, it I happens. was sort of like, oh, I wasn't. Yeah. So I, I right. wish that I could go back and watch it knowing just like hey just enjoy these slow sequences these slow sequences aren't frustrating because I feel like I felt this for me the slow sequences they I, were, I wasn't enjoying the chilled out pace of some of them mm. I was just frustrated because I thought it was a tease right but like the sequence where he's at Spawn Ranch oh, I mean it was a tease and he walks up to the house yeah. to, to see this sleeping dude I feel like that wasn't supposed to be a tease. That's supposed to be this chilled out long scene. Oh, I reckon it was supposed to be a tease. It was so tense, man. Like, well, yeah, the well, you whole know what I mean. Time. There's heaps of sequences like when they're just watching TV, just uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt just yeah. watching TV, being buds for like five minutes. <laughs> um, where that's, yeah. like, I, I feel like to me, it, in the cinema, it felt like a bit of a tease. Like a long game tease because I thought like, yeah, but he's just doing this because someone's going to get shot in the face in the next scene. Right. And the fact that no one does, it just kind of got frustrating in a way where I wish if I'd known, it was like, hey man, chill out. You're going to get that, but not for ages. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy the mood of the movie. Right. I would have been able to enjoy it a lot better. But I think that's... And I know that's on me. I think that's an interesting experience anyway, <laughs> even if it wasn't the experience that you thought or wanted. Yeah. Um, I think what... I, I think it's to be commended that he still managed to make you have that experience. Yeah. Because he, you know, in, I, I feel like he, in this movie, I feel like Tarantino was acting like a conductor and he was doing a really great job of bringing the tension up and bringing the tension down at certain points in time that weren't when you expected them to be. Not you, but the <laughs> audience, right? And so like, but, and I think you may be right. I, I went into it I kind of forced myself to just trust him mm. because I thought, look, if I don't trust him and it's shit, it doesn't really matter. I didn't trust him anyway. Yeah. But if I trust him and it's great, I'm going to get such a good experience out of this. If I go in skeptical of it, I'm not going to enjoy it. And so I just sort of thought, right, I'll assume that he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and not just in a, he's done this a lot before, but in that he'll be able to make something <laughs> really great. Yeah, you get all your permutations and combinations. You went, well, if I, if I do trust him and <laughs> yeah, I don't right. enjoy it, yeah, is right. that better than if I don't trust him, but I do I enjoy it? I played game theory before I walked <laughs> in a once upon a time <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. um, and me and Tarantino both once have to pick the same option. <laughs> once upon a time in second year economics, Fuck baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I just was so, I, I, I really admire what he managed to do um, at the end of such a long career of yeah. filmmaking that he still sort of, not only did he have it in him, but that he managed to really, I think, reach a peak. And like, yeah, refine what he, oh, reach a what? Reach a plateau. <laughs> <laughs> but a plateau that's really high up and is very narrow in its point. And a plateau where he can keep going up from here. No. No, he's plateaued. This is it. That's Doesn't get any better he's peaked. This. Yeah, right. Peak and plateau are kind of the same thing, aren't they? No, they're not. In my in my head, a plateau is a flat thing. A it, peak is definitively not. In flat. my head, a peak, a, a plateau is a peak but longer, meaning not a peak. 
No, because it can be long. It peak can be at is the top. a point. It can be at the top, but no, because it can be the peak. The that's top of the, the top. There's a different word for that. <laughs> that's bullshit. You're incorrect. In my head, peak sounds a lot like summit, and I think peak is often synonymous with summit. Which is my issue. So right. when you say peak, I'm thinking you're saying summit. But the summit can also be a plateau. But I mean, in the English expression, I've peaked. That's definitely like, I, it's, I've reached the apex. I, it's down from here. I've reached the top. It doesn't have to be an apex. No. It that's why I didn't top. use that word. I used a different word I think that means just, a different I, thing. I wish you would just misuse <laughs> words in the way that common society does. I don't think common society does. I think they do. Right in. Beefsessionpod at gmail.com. Misuse this. Eat my butthole. <laughs> so yeah, I I, I thought um, the yeah, performances in Once Upon a Time were fucking excellent. I actually really liked Margot Robbie's performance. I like her as an actor. I, I really loved her in like Wolf of Wall Street. I think it's one of her strongest performances that I've ever seen. Apparently, <laughs> I Tonya was really great. Uh, my yeah. partner watched that recently and spoke very highly of it. Um, and I think for a role where she had to do a lot with like on paper very little, yeah, um, she still managed to really. Uh, captivate you while she was on screen yeah exactly being being Sharon Tate um, so yeah uh, as I said on a different day Joker might have been my number one Parasite might have been my number one but yeah. just based on like or Little Women actually <laughs> any of the ones in the list could have been my number one but just based on like how I felt walking out of the cinema uh, to an extent I think this list probably also reflects um, except for 1917 movies that I really want to watch again and like the order I would watch them in again. Yeah, um, right. I don't know. I wonder, I'd have to think about it. I don't think I'd watch the documentary. I wouldn't watch the, the Bob Dylan documentary again. <laughs> sure, sure. Some of the ones that I haven't seen for a little while, I definitely want to watch again. I, I would want to watch Hollywood again to reform my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and um, sort of after I've sort of had a lot of everyone else's sort of opinions and two cents sort of, and had time to think about that, I want to go back and watch it again and really sort of enjoy the slow mm. pace of the movie. I definitely go, go, want to go back and watch Beale Street again because I haven't seen that in ages and I yeah. fucking loved it. Here's another weird thing. If I had to tell you movies on this list that I would buy on Blu-ray, I would buy Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I probably wouldn't bother with Marriage Story. No. Maybe 1917, but like maybe not. I probably wouldn't. No, and I don't really watch Little Women, movies again like that. Little Women, probably... Joker definitely, Parasite definitely. So yeah, right. it's interesting. Like there, there are some real holes there of like stuff that I don't think I'd bother to own. Yeah, but really loved. That is and usually I'd only own stuff that I think I'd that I love so much that I'm like I want to always have access to this. You know. Yeah, I feel like I'm not much of a watching movies again kind of guy. Like I feel like I own heaps of DVDs and Blu-rays or whatever that I just never watch again. I, I use them like to study. I study them. I'm like, how the fuck do you? If I want to have a really tense conversation between two characters. Yeah, right. I want to be able to go back and find a really tense conversation moment in a movie that I love. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't know. I, I haven't really thought very much about it. Um, there you go. Anyway. There you go. Interesting. I All think right. this is going to have to be a two-parter. I need to get to bed, but we we prepped yeah. a whole bunch of other content, including special mentions and uh, best of the decade list. We sort of had a look through. Which we, we sizzled at the start, and we're now it's not coming. teasing the, you. The surprise at the end is that it's not coming next week, <laughs> and it's literally just that it's 10.30, and I want to go to bed. And oh, just, fuck, I'm yeah. sick of being paranoid about keeping my housemates awake. So yep. we're going to sleep. Look, look for it next week. I've got a big list of sort of a few of the films that I've enjoyed from... 
the past decade, from each year in the past decade, and it's been a nice little trip down memory lane looking for it. So look forward to that whenever we get back to recording to that. To back to recording that. I don't know whether it's going to all drop at the same time if we have time over the weekend to well, record it. I also watched The Lighthouse, so I do not have time this weekend. This weekend is fucked. Okay, this well, this is an off-the-air conversation. Lights, camera, action. <laughs> okay, um, great. Um, in any, yeah, in any next case... Weekend, the Lighthouse, so I'll probably do The Lighthouse and those lists We've got stuff. heaps of stuff for next week, yeah. so look forward to that. In the meantime, jump busting up. next week. Uh, have a look in our description of this episode for links to the Facebook page. You can email us, um, beefsessionpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any other plugs we got. That's it. No, that'll be Great. It. That'll be all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. Good night. Good night. Night. Good night, night everyone. Bye. Bye. Mama, 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 mama. Love you. Love you. Sleep tight. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye. bye.